let me see what you have. No! Release the Kraken. Iguodala. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James with the rejection. Whoa, that's a full rainbow. All the way. Double rainbow. Oh, my God. It's a double rainbow all the way. One by one, from LeBron James to Bill Gates to Oprah. 17 million Americans soaked up a good cause in the summer of 2014 and flooded social media. The Ice Bucket Challenge was more than a splash, raising $115 million. It was a life changer for people with ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. Look at me short. Look at me short. I'm the captain now. Not quite my tempo. It's all good. No worries. Here we go. We are going to make this decision now. The Fox News decision desk has called Pennsylvania for Donald Trump. This means that Donald Trump will be the 45th president of the United States. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. Then I ran out. I didn't grab no shoes or nothing, Jesus. I ran for my life. And then the smoke got me. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Whoever knew that a $75 dress could create more buzz than anything on the red carpet? It is the biggest conversation in the office, period. But it is white and gold. White it's and gold. blue and black. Oh my God! Woo! Listen to that horn! Oh my God! Oh, she's beautiful! She is beautiful, yeah! He's climbing in your windows, he's snatching your people up, trying to rape them, so y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they raped the name by the It's out over! Here. It's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again! The Cavaliers are NBA champions! Now you're in the sunken place. Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. Hey, blowholes. It's it's Melissa. Nanu Nanu. It's Chris. Uh, <laughs> he found it. Found it. That's pretty good. Found it. You, uh, s- you swore, I believe, the first uh, time you did yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cooler. <laughs> well, no, thanks for not. Uh, uh, well, welcome to episode 141. This is our decade in review. Yeah. The entire decade. Best of the decade. Uh, did you did you have a... I found this to be easier than a year in review. A little bit, just because there's so much to pick from. I didn't have to like dig on stuff so far that I didn't know. Yes. Yeah. Event of the decade, though, is a uh, is an undertaking. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I was overwhelmed. Yeah. I feel like I just crumbled under the pressure of deciding what you like. <laughs> like my favorite of something. Yeah. And then I'm like, I think maybe I chose the my least favorite. Just you still got time by accident. I wrote more down as we were talking. Meanwhile, Chris. 
brought no notes for this one. He's pretty confident. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Uh, they're on my phone. Mm. Oh, but okay. but I like to I like to give the uh, <laughs> I, just know, to make us nervous. Yeah, this is it's basically my whole personality is pretending well, that I don't care when I do. <laughs> really, really <laughs> care. Very, very much. Um, well, before we get going, I figured it was the holiday season, and I was thinking about this that like you know you guys are always so gracious coming on. Uh, to help us out with these episodes that I thought it'd be nice to start treating our guests uh, when they come along. We we also work with Nickbox, which is truly a great subscription service where you just get all these cool retro Nickelodeon stuff. Uh, and so I think from here on out, what I'd like to do from time to time is uh, something we'll call Snick Snacks, Ooh. <laughs> where our guests get to pick a little treat out of a bag. Oh, good. I'm hungry. And get to yeah. keep it. Well, it's um, <laughs> not going to be edible. Oh. I mean, you can try, but... Um, so, are you guys ready for a little Snick Snacks? Oh, yes. <laughs> Snick Snack from the okay, the rule is here, you can feel, but you can't look inside the bag. Can I so smell? What, what you get is what you get. Okay. No, you can't smell. Hmm. We're going to let Melissa go first. Okay. All right, I picked it. Okay. Ooh. Ooh! What do we have here? It's a Double Dare scarf. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> this is great. Really cool. They'll go well with your cool Nickelodeon jacket. I love it. Ooh, I will. You went for the fabric. I did. Yeah. It felt wow. safe. Is this cashmere? <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. All right, Chris, you ready for your snick snack? I'm ready for my snick snack. I didn't, I'm not I didn't like that one <laughs> one bit. You looked right in. Looking <laughs> at the bag. It does smell good. Ooh, the Stimpy soap dish. Yeah, crack that open. Like it. Um, it, I I kind of tore the box, and I feel like Andrew's having a heart attack. <laughs> it just lost seventeen percent of its value. <laughs> <laughs> Take a look. Ooh, oh, yeah. it's a great color. It's like an olive. I love it. Uh, gray, yeah. and we've got Stimpy in space brushing his teeth in his uh, blue spacesuit. Yeah. My only worry is like, uh, how? I guess the soap dish stays in place. I don't want yeah. it to, to like fall over and break, but I want to use it. Good. Nice. Well, there you go. We do have a uh, special guest who's also here, and it just feels like it's the holiday. <laughs> we should probably, you know, just give out give out a, one more treat here. Max, yep. you, Max, you want to come on over? Are we taking it to the max? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on Snick Snacks right now. Yeah, but <laughs> isn't there a jingle for taking it to the max? Yes, there is, but segments intersecting is a no-go. I don't get that It's like Inception. I don't yeah, I think it's like a coffin. Our way back. Kind of Thank you so much. Okay. Ooh. Oh, auto rocket vinyl figure? Oh. <laughs> I've seen in Big Air Dare. That is so cool. And that's one of your favorite shows. Yeah. You do like Rocket Power? I do, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, good, okay. I know, and now yeah. you get your own auto. That's going to go right on our bookshelf. I love nice. it. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you, yeah. guys. You're welcome. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, Max. All right, Bye. See you all. <laughs> get out of here. This is my episode. Do you want to do a quick taking it to the max? Yeah. Ugh. Oh yeah. No, yeah we yeah. don't have to do that. All right, so we're gonna no, we're gonna do a quick taking it to the max. 
Max, you remember, you have to be fast here. Okay, yeah. I'm timing you. If you don't give me an answer within the time frame, we move on. Okay. Okay, let's play that jingle. Are you ready? Yeah. Favorite movie of the decade? Uh, oh, uh, um, uh, um, Tree of Life. Okay, oh, wow, just in time. Okay, uh, favorite TV show of the decade? Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Which, uh, well, I don't uh, know. Okay, okay. Uh, your favorite book of the decade? How about one that I read? Yeah. Um, how about uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Very good. Your favorite album of the decade? Oh my gosh. Um, uh, I don't know what to go with. I'm sorry, time's up. Okay. Your favorite song of the decade? Oh my gosh. This is just too tough. Uh, okay. That's good. I'm good. <laughs> Don't uh, put this in the podcast. It's going in. Uh, your favorite uh, video game of the podcast or uh, decade? Of the decade, um, I will go with Red Dead Redemption Two. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Uh, your favorite music video? Favorite music video? Man, this is just something I would have had to think about. Um, oh, you know yeah. what? Um, how about Jay Z and Kanye West, uh, Otis, when they're in the Lamborghini and they're doing all the things. Okay, time's up. Uh, your favorite moment of the decade? Getting married. Nice. Uh, your your favorite holiday snack? Oh, uh, I'm just a classic cookies and milk guy, just like wow. Santa. Your like your face. Like Santa. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite Christmas gift you got as a child. As a child, um, I would have to say my GameCube. Oh, Thanks. okay, very that good. That was really cool. All right, thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for talking to favorite us. Favorite album, uh, Age of Ads. By no, Stephen stop. Get out. Of here. <laughs> You did great. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, that was Max. That was Max. <laughs> that was taken into the Max. <laughs> I think we had our first time elapse. He's always been <laughs> yeah, yeah. able to take it to the Max. Yeah, he does. He takes it to the Max. Uh, we're talking our favorite things of the decade. It'll work, I think, as our traditional year in review, but you want to just go over the categories? Yeah. Uh, movies, shows, um, Albums, songs, music videos, video games, books, podcasts, and events. Yeah, we added podcasts. Yeah. I think fittingly. Yeah. Uh, and we'll hear from some of our list or some of our listeners' thoughts, just like we did last week. Um, M- Melissa, what category would you like to start with? Let's start with uh, uh, song. Song. Okay. It's okay. Difficult. This is how we did uh, yeah. the last one too, right? Oh. Yeah, it is. Maybe that's why I said that. This was the most difficult category for me. I'll say right off the uh, bat. Yep. It took me the longest to settle here. Hmm. I just <laughs> went for my gut instinct because uh, I knew I just didn't want to go down the rabbit hole of <laughs> figuring this out. Okay. Uh, so I landed on Undercover of Darkness. Strokes. Mm. 
Where is that from? Angles. Angles, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, I don't know, maybe the most effective song to me off of this album. Um, and maybe not my favorite album, but like, but it was good. I yeah. don't know. I like it. Yeah. Um, just, this was weird because um, I, I found that like I was more toward the beginning of the decade when it came to songs and albums. Like I just, I don't know, I just fell off, I guess, as the decade went on. Yeah. Um, but I, I, but I really like the Strokes. Really like this song. So. Yeah. Yeah, you've been with the Strokes since day one, really. Yeah. 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 Cool. Melissa, you do you have a favorite song this decade? Yes. This is very difficult because songs depend on your mood, so it's not like my favorite song all the time. Yeah. But I chose Sprawl 2. Quit these pretentious things and just punch the clock. great tune what album is that from it's from the suburbs oh okay yeah yeah cool nice nice pick came out in 2010 yeah right at the beginning right at the beginning wow. are we gonna hear about the suburbs again because that's a that's a pretty popular album it's a very good album of the year yeah maybe okay sure. you like you like our, you, are you an arcade fire guy i do like arcade fire um I kind of fell off with them. I, I, I know those first two albums pretty well, um, but I just, you know, as time makes all things slip away. Sure. Mm. You know, the Arcade Fire. Then, the, the, you know, the, the thing about them that made me, like, decide arbitrarily that I didn't want to listen to them is, like, the, all the stuff around their concerts. Like, you have to feel like they have, like, this, like, etiquette thing. Really? I don't you know had to wear like about. yes, you had to wear like nice clothes to the concert. Oh, well, that's bizarre. something like that, like a suit or something. Yeah, very yeah. weird. weird. Yeah, they did do that for a while. First time I really saw them was on SNL, and they were awful. I, I hated the song they sang. I don't even know what it was, but I thought this band sucks. <laughs> and then years later, I heard an actual song, and it was pretty good. And yeah, okay. now I like them. They cool. do a lot of cool stuff with Haiti too. Yes. Which is cool. Yeah, I believe, um, I don't know her name, but the girl member of the band's from Haiti. Oh, cool. Yeah. Regine Chassain. Whoa! Oh, Look at the brains on bread. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. What's your favorite song of the decade, Chris? This has got to be, uh, this has got to hurt. This Because I, I know hurt. you agonize over songs. And, yeah. And so I can't just give and... you a top 12? Well, how about you give us your one, and then when we get to close calls, you can dig through those. Okay, so I ultimately, I ultimately went with uh, Cass McCombs' County Line. That is, it's still the same county line. County
just one of those songs to me that's just like a perfect song like it, it couldn't be better vocally it couldn't be better production wise like it's just it's not even that it's just perfect um and it was hard to not pick that because it's like the only perfect song that i can think of of the decade to me um yeah it's uh one of the best driving songs like at night mm. that i can imagine it's uh funny sad as Cass McCombs often is, both of those things. Yeah. Which is how like, would you, for those who are unfamiliar with Cass, I mean, we heard a little clip there, but um, what's his deal? Uh, <laughs> you introduced me to Cass. McCombs. Oh, it's a man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's um. No idea. You know, he's like he's got a little bit of that like uh, I'm a genius kind of thing, mm-hmm. which informs his aesthetic, uh, and and I think his musical choices. But he's just he's just almost like playing with you. He's like miles ahead of song or other songwriters in, in ways like he just drifts from genre to genre and like has his own thing but all can remake himself in all these different ways and every little detail of what he does is so particular in that mm-hmm. way that like you know you know musical geniuses or people who like consider themselves that way um are like just like the, the percussion on the albums is always really interesting like every little detail is always like pretty fully realized i haven't loved his um latest albums but um he was also i i, I found i did this my spotify wrapped you guys aren't spotify people but they like all right melissa are you a spotify oh, yeah, person did yeah. you do your spotify wrapped for the decade oh yes yes i did i did it partially in preparation for this and, oh. and i uh i was not that surprised but Cass was my uh, my number one artist that i played on spotify oh I didn't think to look at that or pay attention. I mean, I looked at it a few weeks ago. But, huh. You know who kind of looks like Cass McCombs? Max a little bit. He does. I've, I've had I mean, Max before. is much more handsome, and I'm not just saying that. <laughs> he, he is much more handsome than Cass McCombs. Cass is handsome. Cass, I mean, he has beautiful eyes. He's, a, he's an arresting <laughs> presence. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, if you search Cass McCombs, mm. you guys can be the judge. <laughs> there goes Max. Uh, <laughs> uh, County Line is a uh, perfect song. Yeah. It's not my favorite, but it's uh, it's it's a perfect song. Um, my favorite song of the decade. Whew, I labor. I so I had a playlist of sixteen songs that I've been listening to for weeks, and um, every day the number one changed. So I'm not gonna feel good about this, I don't think. Uh, but I love the song, and I would listen to it at any moment. That is "Sleep Easy" by Sam Evian. It all just means too much to me. It's great. It's a uh, it's a jam. Um, uh, it's just uh, I love the gu- it's guitar rock that I like. Um, it's gr- it's like there's a groove to it. He's got a great voice. Um, 
Yeah, I would highly check. I would highly encourage people that that Sleep Easy is from a 2016 album called Premium, which is not the album I would check out. Uh, I would check out his latest uh, album, um, You Forever. It's so called. good. It's uh, yes, it's like one listen, and I feel like it's, it won't wouldn't be enough. It's one of those albums that grows on you. Every song grows on you a little by little. Um, he's kind of one of those sneaky artists. So. Uh, yeah, Sleep Easy by Sam Evian is the one that I return to, but I think much like Chris, I will be sharing um, a boatload of other songs that uh, I tortured myself over. Do you know Do you know Dan's story of uh, interacting with Sam Evian? Yeah, he loves to tell it. Yeah, our friend, our friend Daniel, who's been on the podcast on Halloweeny and one of our listener um, question topics episode. And he's also the music provided every time we read a... Anytime you hear that jazz music under listener letters or bios and trivia, that's Dan playing. Um, he was... Yeah, he has had encounters with Sam Evian living in New York City, both musicians. The Big Apple. The Big Apple. And I remember when Dan mentioned, like, oh, yeah, I know Sam. I, like, almost, like, <laughs> fell out of my chair because yeah. I, I, love, I love his music. But, you know, Dan's so dismissive that it's just like, oh, yeah, he's... He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, that reminds me of the first time I saw Casper Combs. I went with you mm-hmm. to Beachland, and I wasn't really into him. You were in, really into him at the time. And um, afterwards, you wanted to buy a record, and I was, and you were like, I, I was trying to like, yeah, give him to sign it. Cass is notorious for not signing autographs or doing interviews. Yeah, he doesn't. and I didn't know anything about him, yeah. and I thought it was ridiculous that you were, like, refusing to just, like, he's sitting right there, just, just ask him. And I asked him, and he was, like, pretty pleasant about it. Yeah. But I think back on that now, and I would never have done that. Had you known <laughs> yeah. more about him, yeah. Yeah, if I, if I know more about him, because he, he was almost, like, at that David Lynch level of, like, I'm, you know. Beyond reproach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. But that's one of my most cherished musical possessions, the the A vinyl with his signature. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, yeah. it's cool. Yeah. Um, close calls. Yeah, um, I chose Lisbon by the Walkman. song um it's off this album of the same name i think that it ends the album if i'm not if i'm remembering correctly Mm -hmm. um and it was just i don't know i love that album and this song was just for me the song um and i love that i love them in general um it was just uh I don't know. It was just one of these ones that I like listened to so many times during a certain period that like it just stuck with me and uh, kind of defined a large part of this decade for me in a way. Hmm. 
Even more interesting connection is that show was The Walkman and Cass McCombs oh. that we went to. Yeah. And The Walkman blew me away. I yeah. thought they were great. Yeah, a lot of great post-breakup. Um, what are their names? Um, Hamilton Life? He's done some really cool stuff. <laughs> and uh, so has um, uh, Walter Martin. Um, I love him as a singer-songwriter. Both are from the band. so both uh, Still doing cool stuff. Close call, Melissa? <clears throat> well, mine is very shallow, very recent, and you guys are going to hate me for it. Yes. But, I mean, uh, can I just say that this is so difficult to decide that I really didn't put as much thought into it as I should have because I was like, I'll never really be able to choose. So I thought, I'll just pick a recent song that I really like a lot, and it's uh, New Light by John Mayer. Pushing 40 and the friends on we talk and then you walk away every day Oh, you don't think twice about me And maybe you're right to doubt me But, but if you give me just one night You're gonna see me in a new light Yeah, if you give me just one night To meet you underneath the Okay. I don't know. I, I don't know it either. It, I know what? John Mayer. But you don't I, know New Light? No. Like his new, his comeback song? Okay, that's, I hate John Mayer. I mean, I don't really like John Mayer's music, but this is. He shreds, huh. though. Oh, yeah. he shreds. Yeah. yeah. But this song's really good. It's really fun, and I don't know, it's really thoughtful. I'm actually very pro John Mayer. Did you ever watch his TV show? Yeah, it was funny. On VH1? Yeah, yeah it was very mm-hmm. funny. And he was, I just watched him on Hot Ones. He's was he good on it? Very intriguing. Yeah. He's very knowledgeable with music. He knows his stuff. Seems like kind yeah. of a smart ass. <laughs> sort of, but likable. Hmm. I like it. So how's the song go? Oh, I'm. We not just heard it. it. Yeah. <laughs> you just heard it. Yeah, but wouldn't it be better to, for Melissa to sing it? <laughs> no, oh, not for anybody. That's true. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right, let's start the countdown, Chris. All right. Um, <laughs> and no. Okay, so I'm... In no particular order? No, they're pretty much in order. Can I... Should I just do top 12? Stuff from the bottom, I've got yeah. my top 20, but I'll try and... I'm doing top 11. Okay, I'll do top 12 then. Okay, so... Um, uh, FK, Twigs, Two Weeks, Mac DeMarco, Annie, uh, Croy and the Boys, Hey Come Back, Bonnie Dune, A Lot of Things. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Capyak, Fade Out, uh, Girls, Vomit, Frank Ocean, Self-Control, Parquet Courts, Pretty Machines, Natural Child. That's how I got to Memphis. Those are my 11, because then my number one is uh, Cass. That's that's solid. Yeah, so... Little... Oh, some variety, uh, some good variety, too. Yeah, that um, that Capiac track is one I would never imagine liking. It's just like a pure kind of like, almost like dance music thing. And for some reason, I just became obsessed with it and would listen to it like three times a day for like six months. Um, so that almost was my, that's probably my close, close call. To go to work, I'm eating takeout. Just got to find some time to get on up and make out. I don't know what to do, just watch me fade out. Just watch me fade out. 
get away, vacay, rendezvous. All day too, maybe parlez-vous. Francais, gotta go where it's Picante. But I'm kind of embarrassed by it because I don't think it's actually a really good song. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of, a lot of, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff there. I don't want to. You, know. you got yeah. a Spotify playlist with all those? Oh, I, I will. <laughs> yeah. You should create one. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, and then I could put all twenty of mine. Yeah. My close close calls. Less <laughs> <laughs> close, yeah. Yeah, my less close less. calls. I'm just gonna read the artists. Uh, John Mouse, Esperanza, Spalding, Felice Brothers, Boldy James, Always, Shabazz Palaces, Whitney, Angel Olsen. Mm, what's so, your Always song? Uh, Archie, marry me. Mm. Marry me, Archie. Cool. Mm. Archie, marry me. Yeah. Very good. Uh, well, the songs I I I was down to sixteen. I'll I'll read the. I won't read that many. Um, number 11 was, uh, Wade Sins by Chad Van Galen, uh, who's a great Canadian singer-songwriter. Uh, number 10 is a song called Jelly by a band called Magic Potion, who I believe are from Sweden. Great uh, song. Really great. Uh, just like pure pop. Ear rock. Yeah, yeah, earworm. Number 9 is a song called Fall Into a Dream by Foxworn, another Canadian, uh, band led by a guy named Andy Schaff, who's, uh, just one of the best out there. Number eight is a song called Harrison Ford by the band Someone Still Loves You, Boris Yeltsin. It's, um, I think that might be the most accessible song on my list for those looking. Uh, number seven. Mm. Well, I mean, it's like, it's a. Uh, I think, no, no, no. I, I just think people will like it. Uh, number seven is The Worst in You by Andy Schaff. Uh, number six is A Lot of Things by Bonnie Doon. Yep. Um, number five is Brighter by Cass McCombs. Ooh. Uh, number four is Swimming in 99 by Golden Suits. Um, Golden Suits is, um, that's a, I mean, that's a guy who, like, is, like, he's a hobbyist musician, but he's good. And he's also one of the co-hosts of Twilight Pwn, which was uh, a podcast that was very influential in us starting this one. Um, number three is Rare Form by an Ohio band called St. Seneca. Uh, very, very fun band. And number two is a song I think you like, Chris, uh, Overwhelmed with Pride by Abby Buffalo. Rise and fall, be calm. And That, that, that's an omission from my list. That would crack my list. I've listened to that song definitely in the top five times, or, you know, most times of any song. Probably yeah. mm-hmm. No John Mayer in there? <sighs> well, <didn't> quite. <laughs> your, your Body is a Wonderland was what, 05? <laughs> that was pretty yeah. old. <laughs> Best Chris, music let's, hear your, let's hear your John Mayer, Your Body is a Wonderland. Your Body is a Wonderland. Wait, I can't. <laughs> Body is wonderland. I use my hand. I use your hand. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Goodbye, wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> 
feel embarrassed for trying that. <laughs> I regret that. Immediately. I don't just for the record. I don't like any of that kind of music at all. Just his new song. He's reinvented Good. himself. He has. I haven't heard it, so I just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, is there any uh, Fergusons of the decade for you guys? Oh no hell Ferguson. yeah, I do. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh hell yeah. There's an absolutely terrible song by a group called the Chainsmokers, and it's called. I actually had Google play it. I said, can you play selfie? And he goes, hashtag selfie or like hashtag S-E-L-F-I-E. Like it's hashtag selfie is the name of it. And it's everything I hate about what this generation has become. Yeah, I've heard of that song. I Yeah, I've heard of it. It's disgusting. <laughs> the chain smokers as a, as a thing just seems to be like this like thing made in a lab to create <laughs> music that appeals to the lowest common denominator. It's terrible. Even that name. Oof. <laughs> Oof. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Ferguson, Chris? Uh, anything by the Black Eyed Peas. Anything <laughs> by... What was the other? Uh, Imagine Dragons. Oh, that's a good one. Or if I were to narrow it down to a specific song, uh, that song, Accidentally Racist, that country song. Yeah. Is that L? With LL Cool J? Yeah. Just... I mean... Brad Paisley? What? Uh, who cares? I don't even <laughs> Accidentally racist. Yes, yeah. I remember that song. That's um, crazy. Those are good picks. Imagine Dragons is really... I forgot about them, but that's a very good pick. I love to hate bad things. <laughs> um, I went... I tried for my Fergusons, since we're talking decade here, I tried to go with something I liked that disappointed me, uh, and that would be Weezer yeah. for the decade. Um in particular, Pacific Daydream and the Teal album, which is a cover album. Um, it's just particularly disappointing. Like Weezer's this band that found a way to like perfectly combine like pop, grunge, rock, alternative music in the '90s, and like be super influential. It feels like they're using their collective talent now to like. It feels like Disney. Like yeah. it feels like the goal is just to pr- produce this lab thing, almost chain smokers ash. Mm-hmm. And sell it. It's just sad. like Coldplay did that. Makes me sad. Yeah, yeah. It's awful. And they didn't need to. Like, both of these bands are so famous mm-hmm. that they could have just kept doing what they were really good at and maybe trying interesting things. And they went with like, we could get super rich. Right. Those first two Coldplay albums are yes unimpeachable. Just as Weezer's. Yeah. yeah. Same. Same. Mm-hmm. Same. That's a good so, it, For me, as someone who like. Weezer shaped me in a lot of ways. It's just been a depressing ride here. Uh, <laughs> Do you think they're at a de- complete downslope for you? Like nothing has shown you any hope. Just everyone's worse um, than before. There are songs. So there's two albums. Everything will be all right in the end, and then the White album. Both of those albums have songs that are worth a listen. Like have some merit. Particularly, there's like this three song, it's like a trilogy of songs at the end of Everything Will Be Alright in the End that are all instrumental and bleed into each other. And it seems like ambitious compared to what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so those are okay. There's stuff to listen to, but it's just so uneven. And the bad stuff's really bad. Um, so, Unfortunate. Uh, yeah. A uh, couple. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> couple favorite listener songs of the decade uh ali says this body was made by ezra Furman." oh i know that guy yeah he's good like personally know that, i know that man wow yeah oh. you huh. do yeah he lives in boston 
He's from Boston. Why do you know him? I, he was he was a good friends with a good friend of mine, named uh, Kevin. Hmm. Not the other. Kevin. Not the you know. Different Kevin, not the Kevin. Wow. Is he yeah. nice? He's really cool. He's like, yeah, he's a real weird dude. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's cool. Uh, Marley says "Perfect" by Ed Sheeran, which is certainly probably one of the biggest hits of the decade, yeah. alongside Little Nas. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll hear more from listeners throughout. Uh, Chris, where do you want to go next? Uh, let's go movie. Move. Oh, Puffy. Alrighty. I haven't uh, even settled on one yet. <laughs> you got. A minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Um, for me, it was Blade Runner 2049. There is an order to things. That's what we do here. We keep order. The world is built on a wall that separates kind. Tell either side there's no wall. You bought a war. your job once. I was good at it. I know. Wow. Uh, I really liked it. Was very surprised that it was as good. Or that it was as good as it was. Um, I just thought it was like very different from the original, but like really good in its own right. I guess. Um, just very surprising. Uh, loved how it looked. Loved the whole, like, experience of, like, being in that world. Um, and I'm big on sci-fi, so yeah. that, uh, that's it for me. Yeah, they somehow managed to make that what comes stemming from a classic film and making it feel connected, but, like, brand new. Yes, yeah. Which was, seemed impossible, but yeah. it was a pretty stunning movie. Did you guys see it? I didn't see it, but mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm sold. Yeah. You it's, didn't see that? No. Oh, it was very good. Really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was having one of those max years. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever that year that came out, I just didn't see anything. <laughs> max years. <laughs> You're just like a hermit. <laughs> well, Melissa, have you made up your mind? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say... Francis Ha. Tell me the story of us. Again? We are going to take over the world. You'll be this awesome publishing mogul. And you'll be this famous modern dancer. Have you ever done where you play fight? I don't want to. Oh, it's super fun. Oh my god, stop it! Damn it! Oh, sorry, you have to, like, fight back. I said stop! Oh, sorry. I think it's very... I don't know, it's very good. I used to like like script writing a lot, and that got me back into doing it, and... I don't know, I just think it's very well done. It felt very real. I don't know, very personal somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, felt like very um, down to earth kind of. Like yeah. it, I mean, just like a very like you're watching a real person. Yeah, it was like yeah. very organic. Like they thought of the whole thing in a few days and just decided to film it. Yeah, 
But you have to imagine so many like twenty something year old girls going through that experience in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. Just like dying your way. Mm-hmm. Noah Baumbach. Yeah. Big, are you a big fan? Yes. Yeah, I like him a lot. Cool. Mm-hmm. Great well. flick. And Greta Gerwig is a, yeah. a star in her own right. She is. She's yeah. huge she now. Helped, she helped write that movie. She did. Yeah. They're lovers. Are they? Mm. They say I. Well, I think so. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, now, I mean, he they was say, with Jennifer Jason Lee, but that didn't work. He said partners, but I'm like, oh, I think that's like. They're doing it, right? Is yeah. that, like, professional? Is like, that the terminology? I don't know. You know, everything's politically correct anymore. Partners, lovers. They're let's... doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that is a good one. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I, um, my favorite is the favorite. Dearest queen, you are mad. Giving me a palace. It is a monstrous extravagance. Mrs. Molly, we are at war. We won! Oh, it is not over. We must continue. Oh! Oh, I did not know that. The Queen is an extraordinary person. They were all staring, weren't they? I can tell even if I can't see, and I heard the word fat. Fat. And and ugly. No one but me would dare, and I did not. She's been stalked by... Wow! Really like it. I couldn't think... It's. I was worried that it was kind of recency bias, but I couldn't think of something that was just like pure joy, like where I was like smiling the whole time. Like I just every, the acting is incredible. The the whole like style of it, um, the tone, the tone, the right, uh, yeah, the writing and the acting are just incredible, super enjoyable. I haven't watched it. Oh, really? Uh, you should. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah, it's really good. What's it's the director's good. name? Um, but he had a he had he's had a great decade. Um, oh yeah, the the, the lobster. Milos. Um, yeah. Yeah, the lobster to kill a sacred deer. Yeah. Killing a sacred deer. I don't know if Dogtooth was this decade. I think it was. Um. Yeah, he's a really Yor Yorgos Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah. Yeah, Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah, he's. I would just trust whatever he does next will be interesting. So, yeah, go on. Well, I was telling you guys a little bit about this. I am a avid lover of movies. I consume them at a high rate, uh, and I really want to make sure I've got this right. So, the last week I've been re-watching pretty much everything that I thought could be to really make sure the ranking was right. And I feel very comfortable, happy with this pick. Uh, there, it's from my fil- favorite filmmakers, the Coen Brothers. Uh, and that would be Inside Lewin Davis. Mm. Wow. Yeah? Hey, it's me, Lewin. Yeah? Can I come up? No. Explain the cat. What's its name? I, I don't know. He snuck out the door. Do you think door. you're staying here tonight? Leaving. Oh. I was hoping to. So, I can't stay here tonight. If I had wings, I'd know what What'd you say you played? Folk songs. Folk songs. Solo act? No, I had a partner. Threw himself off the George Washington Bridge. George Washington Bridge? You throw yourself off the Brooklyn Bridge, traditionally. George Washington Bridge. Who does that? Um, a movie about a folk musician kind of on a journey nowhere 
uh, a movie about kind of missing your moment in every way. Uh, it's, you know, like ultimately a movie about a guy who opened for Bob Dylan, uh, despite having his own great talent as a songwriter and just how, like, that's majority that's the majority of people's stories not the minority of like this is what it means to be a working artist uh and you know oscar is kind of the introduction of oscar isaac as an actor and he's just perfect the songs in that movie are just you know that it makes or breaks it and those songs are re-listenable like watching it it's got this muted tone that feels warm to me even though it's kind of a cold movie like the people in it are all cold it's a very warm movie um, you know, this writer who is kind of an, a Coen Brothers expert, he has a whole book, Adam, Adam Naiman. Um, he has this quote, he said uh, that uh, it, it revolves around the idea of defending your turf, your niche, which only turns out to ultimately be a trap. Um, this idea of like people feeling that they have to own a little piece of something and then that just being your own downfall. The Coens themselves said uh, the film doesn't really have a plot. That concerned us at one point. That's why we threw in the cat. The cat is <laughs> a, a great part of the movie. And there's a lot of parallels there, you know. The cat, uh, you know, the two cats that look alike. Um, not being the same type of cat. Uh, a movie that, the first time I saw it, I didn't know if I loved it or not. Same. Um, but it was food for my brain. Like, I thought about it all the time. Want, I wanted to watch it all the time. Like, I always want to put it on pretty much all the time. Uh, and so it's definitely been one of those movies that feels like it's. There's just no doubt in my mind that it's one of my favorites. Um, hmm. Yeah, very good. Passionate. I, like it. I know that. Passionate. Was. Uh, encomium. I feel like you should have a tear running down your cheek right oh, now. Oh. Are you a Dave? Van, did the movie get you into Dave Van Ronk? No. I. So. So like the guy it's based on. Uh, no. No. I. In fact. The music that's in the movie is like it's fine. It's well, it's good for a movie. It's good. Me, that's like a. I know, but it's not what I would listen to. Like in my, if 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 I just had to listen to some music, I wouldn't throw it on. We should listen to that song again. (laughs) Oh, I just watched. I mean, I just watched. I mean, I watch all the time, but I love it in the context of the movie. It makes me feel good in the context of the movie. I love the fact that the song he plays for the talent manager in Chicago is like his worst, or like his most abrasive song. He's self-sabotaging in every way. Um, I love it. I, and I feel like I know this person in some ways I feel connection to this person, but I definitely know people who are this person. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a perfect movie. Well, (laughs) (laughs) close calls. Uh, yeah. Um, I feel like this is not quite. <laughs> it's just not like widely considered like, high caliber movie. <laughs> I like MacGruber, but uh, no. Um, I picked ha- Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Uh, I just really like. For me, I mean, I'm really into horror movies, um, and I think it's just like it nailed the like jokey horror like line yes um and that's tough i think like a lot of movies like try to get this tone and it's just rarely works but i think they really got it right um and just like the concept of it was very different and uh 
just it almost seems like one of those things that seems like really obvious after you see it but then you know nobody had done it somehow um anyway it's just like a movie that i really enjoy from beginning to end i think it's very funny um it's just a pleasure for me yeah i think we saw that together and it was just an experience of joy yeah. Especially that yeah. twist, that turn in the middle of the movie where you just yeah. you're on a you're on a ride and it's yeah. uh, it's fun. For sure, love that movie. I remember. I know that I've seen it, mm-hmm. and that's all I remember. Oh. Yeah, kind of the same way. Okay. Yeah. I think I saw it with you guys. Maybe yeah, you didn't uh, have that same. Yeah, I remember feeling. being kind of confused. <laughs> <laughs> Just the board of all the monsters, like where they're betting. Yeah. Like it's. it's hmm. Don't remember it. Well, I have a bunch, but I at the top of my Ooh, yeah. list is the favorite. I had. The oh favorite. wow! Was the yeah. Cool. That's a movie where I had like a movie yeah. hangover. I thought about it. The angle, like the way they shot it, was so. Like you don't see a lot of movies Fish shot Islands. at that ang- that angle. Yeah, and they're lower. A lot of them are much yeah. lower. Yeah. Yes. It was great. A lot of everything about it wide lens mm-hmm. like show you the whole scope of the scene plus so you're well in done. such a magnificent setting these like cast like this castle yeah so i was mesmerized the entire the entire time yeah. yeah these uh period piece type movies like kind of don't hit me yeah i was strong. almost gonna say that like i normally don't like uh. period piece movies i definitely didn't expect to like that movie as much as i did hmm. i like I only saw it because of the director. Which mm. I forget. Um, what were some of the other ones that were close? Um, I have La La Land on there. I yeah. love that movie. This is where I leave you. Is like a. It's a. Sad. I'm a sucker for like ensemble, kind of cheesier. Like you know that Christmas movie, The Family Stone. It's no. another like ensemble cast. It's like Diane Keaton's in it and Craig T. Nelson. It's like very <laughs> weird, but it's very good. Luke Wilson's in it. You guys should watch it. It's really fun. But this is where I leave you. Is about um, Tina Fey's and I mean everybody's in it. Tina Fey, Adam Driver. Hmm. I won't go on about it. Um, but they're the father dies and they all the kids have to come home and sit shiva, and they don't yeah. really get along and it's really good. Huh. What else? Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, I really loved, mm. and a movie called The Over The Overnight. Oh boy! I a lot of people <laughs> hate that movie. I really liked it. I don't have hate for it, but it's like a truly uncomfortable experience. I think maybe huh. that's why I don't know. Yeah. I I watched that's it more than once. Jason Schwartzman yeah. and um, Adam Scott. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I like that movie. I don't dislike it. It's just like uh, I hadn't thought about it, I guess, since I saw it. And it's, it, I remember I, the feeling of watching it was just like, I, am I allowed to watch this? <laughs> and when Max and I first dated, I think that was like one of the movies. I was like, oh, you should really see this movie. It's really good. And he was like, what? He's like, are those buttholes? Like, that guy's painting buttholes? <laughs> yes, that is part of, that's a key yeah. part of the movie. <laughs> it's very important. I didn't give it away, but yeah. the movie's not about buttholes. Uh, yeah. and that's my list okay. yes. <laughs> uh, my, my top five uh, close calls are um, uh, the master would be my like close close like mm-hmm. closest 
Probably my number two, I think. Okay. Uh, Whiplash, The yeah. Lobster, Boyhood, and Get Out. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whiplash was great. Yeah, Whiplash, I mean, as far as enjoyable, I think, is maybe up there with um, the favorite for me. Just, like, every second of it was, like, yeah, the candy. Uh, even It's not a very... It's not a light movie. It's not, not... It's done in that way that, like, older films were done where it's, like, intense, but you never feel weighed down by it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a movie that, like, when it was over, I was, like, pushed back in my totally. seat of, like... That was, that was a ride. A lot, yes. Love Whiplash. Uh, Master, you know, I definitely didn't like the first time I saw it, and, um, but was kind of convinced that I think that I should like it, um, because it, you know, it stuck with me. Um, Joaquin Phoenix just, you know, does it for me between him and Philip Seymour Hoffman. If they're both in a movie, it'll probably be one of my favorite movies. Um, so it kind of worked on that level. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to do the same thing for songs. I'm going to work from 11. Oh, boy. <laughs> I won't monologue about all of these, right? Uh, number 11 is a movie from a guy named Jeff Nichols. Uh, it's called Take Shelter, which was actually filmed about 45 minutes from here. Uh, it's with Michael Shannon. Uh, he plays the father. Uh, he, his wife is Jessica Chastain. They have a child who's deaf, uh, and he starts having these nightmare visions of this pending storm that's coming. And he becomes so convinced that the storm is actually coming that he starts to build a shelter in the backyard. He becomes obsessed with building a shelter. And uh, has some twists and turns. And uh, it's a very, just like, it's a muted movie. It's, I, I, I should not talk about Eleven this long. Uh, but uh, Jeff Nichols, <laughs> Jeff Nichols is a great filmmaker. He's also made uh, movies like Midnight Special with Michael Shannon, Loving which is a really great movie about the couple that uh, challenged segregation on marriage laws uh, and mud, which was the beginning of the McConaughey's, uh, Matthew, Mc- <laughs> Matthew McConaughey's comeback. Oh, I didn't realize you did mud. Mud's um, awesome. Yeah, he had a great decade, and Jeff Nichols definitely got to watch. Um, so Take Shelter, number 10, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was my pick for uh, my favorite movie this year. Uh, number 9, Annihilation, which was just a wonderful sci-fi movie with Natalie Portman, uh, could watch that over and over. Number eight, another Coen Brothers film, True Grit. This was a film that the first time I saw, I was not convinced that I loved. And same thing as Inside Lou and Davis. It's just like I got this like corner of my brain where I'm like, I want to watch True Grit right now. And it gets better with every watch. Uh, number seven's Whiplash. Number six is Lincoln, which uh, as a history lover, as a Lincoln lover, as a Daniel Day-Lewis lover, uh, this is just... <laughs> <laughs> this is my wheelhouse right here. This this is this is like me, like on sedatives. I just like sit there. And just I thought you were gonna drool. pick that as your number one. I was surprised that you didn't. I I also don't see it as a perfect film, and I think if I if you were someone who was not naturally interested in history or Lincoln, it could be a border boring boring film. But I don't know. Uh, number five, uh, double up on Daniel Day Lewis, Phantom Thread. Um, mm. Another, I would call it a romance. It might be a stretch, but uh, just this relationship in this movie is wonderful. That's another Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, number four, Mad Max Fury Road. Maybe, hmm. maybe the best action movie ever made. I think. Uh, 
Just wonderful. Number three, Nebraska by Alexander Payne. This is a black and white film with uh, <laughs> my favorite, Will Forte <laughs> and uh, Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern thinks he's won a million dollars. It's just one of those like scam things you get in the mail. And they're trying to convince him he didn't win a million dollars, but uh, he's determined to go to Nebraska to claim it. So, uh, yeah, I guess you have to say. And number two, <laughs> number two is uh, from the same director of Blade Runner, uh, Denis Villeneuve, mm. uh, Arrival, mm. which is I think maybe my favorite sci-fi film ever made. Uh, I, I feel like wow. um, I feel like this is the movie that Rod Serling would give a thumbs up to. It, it is about it is like your rare example of a movie. <laughs> about hope it's a sci-fi movie about hope and love rather than dread uh and amy adams kills it every shot is like packed with mystery um there is a twist to it which i think is i did not see coming and like even on rewatches it still like gets me some of the best score of the decade um i love the design of the aliens the ships um it's I have just rewatched it and I like couldn't look away from it. Mm. It is great. I mean, I like a lot about it, but I feel like it gets a lot of praise. Like maybe more praise. You don't than like I, that? I don't know. <laughs> maybe perhaps a little it's too perhaps much it's just praise. good. Uh, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's just not oh, like Lord. you know freaking out over it. Good. Um, I mean, for me. Like, and I get, I think I get, I get the impression that a lot of people like it because it's very, like, technically, uh, plausible. And, like, people, like, seem to be very excited about that. Like, like, everything that happens in it, the way the aliens communicate, and is, like, uh, something that's, like, it's very close to like what something. Yeah, they're might not going to speak English. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, you know, I get that, and I like that. Uh, I just had some other like little problems with it. I guess mm. just the way it progressed a little bit. The we, I don't know. I won't go too deep okay. into it, but I enjoyed it. Communication saves the world. I liked Interstellar more. Actually. I loved Interstellar. Yeah, that was great too. Did you see Arrival? No. Oh boy, I'm looking forward to it, just to, to to be able to pick a side here. Yeah. A versus. <laughs> How about Ferguson for the decade? Um, yeah, tough. Uh, I decided for me personally, it was the Nightmare on Elm Street um reboot. Hmm. Uh, it was just so middling. And for such an I, for su- for a series that was like so creative and weird, it was so not. It was just like such a. It just kind of for me like embodies the making this like remaking this movie without having any real connection to it. It's like the person who made it like watched a few of them and was like, okay, I get it, yeah. and then did it, and it's like just falls short in every way pretty much that's a good ferguson because that's the worst impulse that's yeah, one of the yeah. most depressing impulses yeah. that uh exists it's a good ferguson thanks <laughs> um, good transition yeah mine kevin hart is in a movie called jumanji if i saw it it would be my ferguson but i didn't 
You've, so a movie called Jumanji. Are you like, like, really? people know what Jumanji is? <laughs> I don't know. I just I don't like Kevin Hart and everybody. But you're aware of Jumanji. Yeah, you know. I know Jumanji with Robin Williams, yeah, but there's yeah. like a new Jumanji yeah, yeah. movie that yeah, yeah. looks it's awful. Not, it's not that bad. Oh, I'm sure it's awful. And then, <laughs> but my the one that I've seen is Sausage Party. Oh. Terrible, absolutely huh. terrible. It Where, underachieves. It should have been like a sketch. It's the first movie where I almost walked out of the theater. Like, I've never done that before. But we had friends in the theater with us. And I thought, oh, this will look so snobby. If I, like, get up and leave her, I'll look so uptight. Like, ugh. So I had to sit through the whole thing. Yeah. Worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Worst money wow. I've ever spent. Wow. 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 I haven't seen it, but... Really? You know. It's a... It's yeah, terrible. I haven't seen it either. I... Wouldn't. Um, I decided to go with the worst film of the decade. <laughs> oh, did you? Nice, nice. I think I know what it is. Yeah, I can't wait to find I know out. I can't is. wait to bring uh, this up for the first time in a year and a half. Which, of course, is Mother. Yeah. <laughs> I can't Just the worst movie ever made. Most poorly executed, pretentious piece of garbage ever executed. Um, yeah. Well, Even I mean, the we, first third of it? Like, you hated the first third? I think I just hate it on principle more than I do, like... Oh, okay. So like, it's not really I, the worst movie. It's no, I think it, it... I think, like, just the... Uh, I like it as a Ferguson <laughs> because it was so praised that... You really it don't like It just doesn't praise. deserve... Yeah. <laughs> I just think that some of this praise is undeserved. Okay? Sometimes. Yeah. In this I, case. For me, like, that movie embodies the, like... If you just make something look like it's deep and interesting and introspective, then people will believe it. You know, if you if you make it pretty enough, people like put depth, add their own depth to something that feels shallow. It does have like a weird feeling of like pretending to be, pre- pretending to be like have almost like an intuitive like story to right. it, whereas like doesn't like almost lynchy and like doesn't quite make sense on like from a tech or like objective standpoint but like as you watch it, it you kind of like feel the story almost yeah but like that is like pretending to do that i feel like without actually succeeding in it i don't know don't care for it i went with a um little film that I saw in the movie. I, I went with a m- movie I saw in the theater and hated. Uh, that would be Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. <laughs> you saw that in the theater? What? <laughs> I, did, I did not. Uh, I was brought I was brought to the film by uh, family relatives. Okay. Um, and it was just unpleasant. <laughs> it was, uh, I, I like Kevin James and just wa- even watching him stoop to this level. <laughs> felt uh i felt like violated mm. in some weird way did the people that you saw it with like it uh you know there were some big la- there's you know the pratt falls got some mm. big laughs the fart jokes um but no not even like the kids seemed to like think it was yeah worth noting um did you see the first one i have seen the first one okay Although so I don't now think, this is on i don't think that's this decade though <laughs> I know, but I'm just 
I was just curious. <laughs> I definitely did not well, know Paul... that you have seen both Paul Blart Mall Cop and Paul, Paul okay, Blart Mall Cop Okay, let me justify too. here. Paul Blart, the first Paul Blart came out when we were in college. Uh-huh. And there's a theater that shows things for like $3, brand new movies. And I was friends with a lot of film people. And the first Paul Blart actually got good reviews like as mm-hmm. like a good comedy. So uh, I went and saw it. You, okay. I do remember that. <laughs> do you have I eyes? Wait a second, please, wait a second but... though. Like you like Kevin James. So there's yeah, like reason him. to believe that he could be funny in a movie. Uh, Before yes. you know what Paul Blart yes, is. Yes, but I... <laughs> it's very possible. The second I saw... The, <laughs> the preview second. for the first yes. movie, I was like, "This is garbage." I, Especially, I feel like you could say that for no, 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 no. Uh, like Dicky Roberts. Or sure, uh, uh, yeah, Dicky Roberts has been a bad movie. <laughs> okay, but that was my first impression, and it was the same year that that uh, Joe S- Dirt Seth Rogen movie came out. That was like a similar scenario, but better. Observe and report. Uh, that was a good movie. Yes. Yeah. That was like the good version of what Paul Blart was. <laughs> I'm not really def- defending Paul Blart, except <laughs> right. to say that are. no, 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 no. Except to say that there was like hype around it. In fact, when I went to see it the first time, it was sold out. I couldn't get in. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> okay. All right. That's unbelievable. Well, I'm but... here to say it's the worst movie of the decade. So. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'd, it's not quite a how yeah. to take his arrival as yeah, garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Mm. Nobody's saying it it's is. garbage. <laughs> Nobody's saying it's garbage. I don't know. I don't um, know. Do you guys know what the top grossing movie of this decade was? Kind Pretty of easy to guess. Endgame. Yeah. 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 Was the second uh, Avatar? Wasn't Avatar? I did not look for number, number two. <laughs> that would not be this decade. Oh, yeah. Just check it. Jeez. Not even this decade, and he still hasn't gotten to the... Second Who one. needs it? I mean, just well, yeah, I agree. But uh, some of our listeners' favorite uh, movies of the decade: uh, the Tape Store said Spider-Man: Homecoming. Mm. Uh, ben said Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, Allie says Mandy. Oh. Um, Marley says The Fault in Our Stars. Uh, Shannon says any one of the Leo DiCaprio movies. <laughs> um, what? I like. There's, that a, there's a bunch. Yeah. The, any of them? She just yeah, loves, they're really good. Yeah, I mean, has he been so. in any? Yeah, the bad rev, ones? the rev, oh, bad oh, ones. Cat. I mean, mm, no. Wow, he just so. he just hits home runs. Yeah. I think he picks good scripts. Yeah, huh. I think he can. Like he can work yeah. with whoever. Uh, John Wick from Michelangelo Jones, mm. and uh, yeah, John Wick. Yeah. <clears throat> Any yeah, other John Wick? I l- guy? I think um, they're good action movies. I mm-hmm. think the writing is like the dialogue in particular is pretty atrocious, but. As action movies, they're good. Hmm. Where do you want to go next, Danger? Oh, gosh. Um, let's go to album. Okay. Um, well, we mentioned this already, but I picked The Suburbs, Arcade Fire. like the last album for me that I 
felt like, well, that I like stuck with the whole album for a long period of time, and it felt just big to me. I guess um, it was the, the last time I, I like just had that album experience, and I feel like it almost marks like a like right after this. I feel it was like the decline of albums began of hmm. people making albums yeah. and like really treating it like a I don't know something bigger I guess that's good I think it won the Grammy yeah yeah, yeah. all right for me I chose Contra by Vampire Weekend ah. Last week with Max, Best mm-hmm. Vampire Weekend album. I really like Vampire Weekend. So Contra, is that your favorite or just of this decade? Of the decade. You like self-titled better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm surprised. Uh, modern Modern Vampires of New York? No? I thought about that. Between these two, mm-hmm. I really like Is that your favorite? It is, yeah. I really like it. It's so good. But Contra's good too? Mm-hmm. You have a favorite song off Contra? Uh, I was just thinking it. I don't know. I'm so tired. <laughs> you know what you think? <laughs> I, you know what I think of? I, it's not my favorite song, but the song Cousins. I, yeah. I have a video on my phone of, I think, Andrew and Alex in the backseat of my car, and I'm blasting that song. Wow. And I just thought it was a good time to blast the song and take a video of us in the car. It's like a hell of a day. <laughs> But it's a good memory now that I have with that yeah. song every time I hear it. That is nice. But yeah. Cool. Contra. Mm-hmm. I abstained. Um, I couldn't think of an album that I truly loved enough to call it a favorite. I have five close calls that I think are really good, but... You could just pick one from the close call list. That no, because there, there, there was no favorite. This is like a category. Like I just didn't... I love. There are lots of albums that I love, and I just don't... They're all equal. Yeah, there's there's nothing that if you were running out of your house and it was on fire and you knew you would only have one album for the rest of your life. Yeah, it would be something from not this decade. <laughs> no. There's lots. Sorry, I mean no, no. I mean, there's but I mean, of, of those five albums, we grab it. Are sitting there and you can only grab one for some reason. You gotta grab one. Last second. No, I think I'm I'm not gonna grab okay, any right. out of protest. <laughs> You're gonna let them all go. Protest. Yeah. <laughs> protest. Of the decline of the album. (laughs) But Chris, you have time. No. (laughs) It's called integrity. That'd be a great little short. (laughs) I'm not saving anything, but we have 10 minutes. I can't choose. Um, Alright. I, uh, I'm. I mentioned uh, this guy a little bit on songs. Uh, my favorite album of the decade is called The Party, and it's by Andy Schaaf. I slipped out the front door, went out into the 
it's like it feels like it's an album that shouldn't work so it's a themed album it has a narrative the the entire album is about a party like people at a party um and that seems like a recipe for disaster uh it shouldn't work but his songwriting is so tight his melodies are so good he incorporates strings a lot of clarinet um and he's got this really unique singular voice his enunciation of words are almost like hypnotic to me like i just love hearing the way he says words i mean he's canadian so i think that's part of it uh but he's got this kind of like cross between neil young randy newman type thing going um where he's this kind of incredible storyteller like he tells a full story in a song and like you feel like you were at the place like like oh i just saw that scene happen um and so it's it's a really endearing album that could have been very corny or sticky but uh the party it's I, every single song i would listen to at any moment it's the only album it's the only album from this decade where i could say like put on whatever song from that album it's only 10 songs but uh that's great magician. the magician's your jam yeah yeah that's that's the one i think that is a, that is a good album yeah that's the opening track the magician um Yeah, but he even like you know songs just have verses about him like leave going outside the house to smoke a cigarette and it's just like okay yeah like I know this scene like you're leaving the party go smoke all right go inside where did everybody go type stuff it's uh I love it it's a great album close calls um yeah I went with the album uh, Lisbon well just like I it was like the last full album that I had in my car like listening to over and over and over again um, I remember being in your car and being uh, like oh yeah, the Walkman around yeah. <laughs> every time I mean every time yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it got frankly a little annoying <laughs> um, well uh, I don't know it's just one of those things that like the album kind of defined just that certain period of time yeah. like a year or two where I'm just like every other album I'm putting it in. Um, just, I don't know, very good. I chose, by close call, um, The Carpenter by the Avid Brothers. Oh. I'm a big Avid Brothers fan. Cause I wanna send you in more I wanna tempt you in more Can you tell that I am alive Sure. And I'm really into, I don't know, I like that folk music. It's my jam. Cool. Mm-hmm. I like, I like them. I don't like that kind of genre. Like, that, like they, they've won me over. Like, I think mm. that they're just such good songwriters that, like, it sounds a little hokey to me, but I'm like, oh, but you're doing it really well. 
They're the best. Yeah, I'm sold. <laughs> uh, so what are these five albums that are burning in a fire? <laughs> uh, so the, yeah, these five albums that are burning, but very good. Um, D'Angelo, Black Messiah, uh, Kendrick Lamar, To Pimp a Butterfly, Earl Sweatshirt, I Don't Like shit, I Don't Go Outside, Girls, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Sun, Kill, Moon, Benji. I think those are the five albums I can think of where, like, I would put on any song and enjoy it. Uh, and, and the album feels like an experience. But not enough. Okay, if I had to pick <laughs> one, it would probably be Benji, because I listened to that album. Who's that by again? Sun, Kill, Moon. Okay. Sports Um, but like I don't like it that much now but at the time I do, do you guys know that guy Uncle? yeah you, I think you said him yeah he's very indulgent uh, self-indulgent um, so it's, you don't can't always be in the mood for it but he's a really good storyteller um, the albums uh, he's from Ohio the albums a lot of the albums are kind of about Ohio a little bit about like his his growing up um, yeah Okay, fine, I'll go with that one. But th- those other ones are great. I mean, uh, Black Messiah, the production on it is just incredible. It just sounds better than any other album of the decade, I think. Uh, to Pimp a Butterfly, mm. just every every song is its own yes. composite. You know, like, everything just feels like full effort, peak kind of, like, songwriting. I feel like once every other day, King Kunta pops into my head. Yeah, that's all. That's uh, yeah, every song. Yeah, that's great. Um, Earl Sweatshirt. Uh, I've always really liked him. I think um, I don't listen to a ton of hip hop, but he's got my favorite delivery of any uh, of any rapper. Um, and I liked this album. It's really sad, but um, he's like you know part of that Odd Future thing, and uh, some of their stuff is just like too misogynistic to like listen to, and like this. And that it always bummed me out because like everything about it sounded cool, um, but I think I feel like on this album, it's it's more about being depressed, uh, and and you know less about um, you know violent fantasies and stuff. Uh, just production wise, I mean I think that he's like one of the most clever musicians um, around. Like he's just real wordsmith. And girls, uh, father, son, holy ghost. Loved loved that album. Yeah. Um, listened to that a ton. Uh, loved that band a lot in that decade. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, my definitive close call would be uh, an album called Such Things by Saint Seneca.
great, uh, great, I don't know how you describe them, folky rock, um, but really upbeat. Like they just, uh, every, every beat in the song kind of keeps you moving. Um, and uh, there are songs from that album that are just some of my favorites of the decade. Uh, so I love that, Such Things. And then uh, two other albums I would note are uh, Down in Heaven by Twin Peaks, which is, uh talked about them a little bit, and uh, Golden Suits, who I mentioned. Um, again, Golden Suits is not like a, a he's a, he's a one-man band. I think he, you know, music's a hobby. Um, but his, he has two albums, self-titled, and one called Kubla Khan, which are both highly enjoyable. I would uh, stress... I don't know. I, Great poem. Kubla Khan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Golden Suits. So those are my close calls. Any Fergusons? No, I didn't have a Ferguson album. Um, I've never heard it, but uh, Kevin Hart has a comedy <laughs> album. It's called Seriously Funny. <laughs> Boy, you really hate Kevin Hart. I yeah. just, I feel like I'm in the Twilight Zone. Anytime somebody talks about him being funny or it's just do you know like an alternate universe like what yeah can't stand wow Kevin Hart uh yeah um anything by Weezer I think you know to go to Joey's yeah any I mean you're you're much more generous than I am uh about Weezer I think everything that they've done has been unlistenable (laughs) in this decade every single song wow yeah Using that trilogy? Uh, yeah, probably. Return to Ithaca? That's a good one. I'm sure that you've made me do listen to it. <laughs> no, I didn't make you listen to it. Uh, judging by your anecdotes uh, about forcing people to watch... Uh, well, TV, <laughs> TV, you know, it's hard to make someone listen to a song. I tried to make Brett listen to a song today, and he refused. He mm-hmm. always does that. Mm. He's really, Brett's difficult to engage with sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he gets skeptical and he's like I don't why I'm not gonna listen to it I, I don't think I'm gonna like it just listen to it he just refused huh? <laughs> uh, I have the same pick uh, Weezer Teal album or Pacific Daydream in particular you guys have any guess for the top selling album of the decade um the Frozen soundtrack no <laughs> the but it's guessable the redhead guy no Caratop? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody very popular. Lil Nas X. No. Mm. Beyonce. No. Lady Gaga. No. Taylor Swift. No, you're just forgetting oh. this person. <laughs> I mean, you're you naming all the is? super mainstream people. Oh, yeah, Beyonce? No. no. Have we talked about them yet? No. Justin Timberlake. Mm-mm. Mm. Jay-Z. No. Wait. Um... Should I give it to you? Wait. Yes. Well, no. Hold on. <laughs> Who could I possibly? Gangnam style. Ed Sheeran. No, no. Oh, Ed Sheeran was a good guess. Uh, the whole decade. Yeah. Adele. Yep. Oh. Twenty-five. Really? No. Twenty-six. No. Twenty-four. It's twenty-one. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, twenty-one. <laughs> okay. Well, that was our first one, wasn't it? Uh, I think your first one was like nineteen, maybe. Oh I th- yeah. I feel like right. it's her age. Yeah. It is. Right. Yeah. I feel like it. I mean, that was my guess. I don't know. I didn't look into it. Okay. Yep. Uh, some of our listeners' favorites. Allie said, uh, Meta Modern Sounds in Country Music by Sturgill Simpson. The first song on that is amazing. Genre 
defining. And the rest of the album isn't that good. Wow. <laughs> you, you hear that, Ellie? <laughs> uh, Marley says, Head Above Water, Avril Lavigne. Uh, Quincy says, Let the Sun Talk by Mavi. Uh, so, some of, some of their thoughts. Why don't we move on to TV shows? TV shows? Okay. I, I <laughs> don't think this is going to be a popular uh, uh, choice, but I... Sure. Finally, <laughs> yeah. it stands the test of time, people. Um, I had to pick Game of Thrones. I did not kill Joffrey, but I wish that I had. Watching your vicious bastard die gave me more relief than a thousand lying whores. I wish I was the monster you think I am. I wish I had enough poison for the whole pack of you. I would gladly give my life to watch you all swallow it. Samarin! Samarin, escort the prisoner back to his cell. I will not give my life for Joffrey's murder, and I know I'll get no justice here, so I will let the gods decide my fate. I demand a trial by combat. Uh, I just, you know, the first five seasons are phenomenal. Yeah. And even as it goes downhill on the last couple seasons, it's still, like, it was still one of the best things on TV. Um, it just, like, I feel like it gets such a hard rap because those first seasons were so good. It just, um, you know, they messed up, kind of, but it, it was still, I don't know, it's still st such, like, a decade-defining show, I guess. Like, it yeah. kind of ushered in this new era of, like, high, ultra-high-budget TV shows um, that are done really well. Um, so even though it petered out, um, I still think it... I, I just still think it beats out everything else. Never saw it. I was worried you were gonna say Big Bang Theory. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I mean, you're the it. you're the other Game of Thrones authority in the room, probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. Not I'll, probably. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you said. I think it. Yeah. It. Uh, it's the thing that have finally made TV maybe more important than movies yeah. culturally. Yeah. You like it. Just no, I never it? saw it. No. I think the all the hype was a bit of a turnoff. Yeah. To, you know, sure. That's how Andrew is, but yeah. All that hot praise. <laughs> I actually didn't like. I I didn't watch the first season as it came on, and I thought this is just not. Yeah, this does not look like something I really want to watch. But it just blew me away once I got into it. Maybe I'll give it a try when I have like. 80 years like to... how many hours is it <laughs> 700 yeah. hours a lot to kill of... yeah you don't have it's a long one no we don't even go to the movies <laughs> max told us last week you monster <laughs> um we should note that uh we're only counting shows that premiered yeah. after 2010 so like no breaking bad yeah. no mad men no big bang theory which i looked uh, up uh, uh, you know shoot <laughs> Wait, is that the Joker? Do you really like that uh, show? Oh, he likes it. I, I'll Andrew. defend it. I'll defend it. Yeah, he loves it. Uh, oh, I don't know. Love <laughs> might be a little strong. 
But um, well, most people do. So, like the fact that we're sitting here, kind of like you like Big Bang Theory. Like ninety percent of America is like, it's yeah, true. of course he does. <laughs> it's just not my humor at all. Um, I just want to add, since you mentioned Breaking Bad, that I don't think it would be my top show, even, even? if it was. In the oh my lord! I mean, I liked it a lot. I watched every episode as it was airing, but uh, it's just one of those things for me that re-watching it is very difficult. I agree with that. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I thought it was the best thing that's ever existed yeah. while I was watching it. Never saw it. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> I wow, really geez. don't. It's a huge commitment to watch these these series, and I just yeah. don't, I don't start. Yeah, they'll suck you in, too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. it's, yeah. It makes sense to tread carefully. All right, Melissa, what, what's your favorite show of the decade? Um, uh, True Detective. But you're not a Christian, so what do you believe? I believe that people shouldn't talk about this type of shit work. Hold on, hold on. Uh, three months we've been together, I, I get nothing from you. Today, what we're into now, uh, do me a courtesy, okay? I'm not trying to convert you. Look, I'd consider myself a realist, all right? But in philosophical terms, I'm what's called a pessimist. Um, okay, what's that mean? Means I'm bad at parties. (laughs) Let me tell you, you ain't great outside of parties either. I think human consciousness is a tragic misstep in evolution. We became too self-aware. Nature created an aspect of nature separate from itself. We are creatures that should not exist by natural law. Well, that sounds god awful, Rush. We are things that labor under the illusion of having a self, this accretion of sensory experience and feeling, programmed with total assurance that we are each somebody, when in fact everybody's nobody. Mm, yeah. yeah. It was like watching an incredible film, but every single episode felt like that. Just season one, or are you like uh, two, no, three? No, I didn't. No, I didn't watch any of the other ones. Season one Nothing might be. Nothing could beat season one, so I thought. It's, I think it's the best season of anything this decade. I knew they couldn't do better. Good. If it wasn't, Fantastic. if season two was like even as good as season three, it would really be close. I think. Yes. Too, yeah, agreed. Yeah. For me, but McConaughey and Harrelson just. Uh, Perfect chemistry. Yeah. So good. Another one that, like, as soon as you like see it together, it's like, oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't someone think of this sooner? Yeah. 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 They have such, yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. Should we um, say our favorite TV show together? <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. it the same thing you know? Uh, yeah. I absolutely know it. Oh, well. One, two, three. Nathan, Nathan for you. you. My name is Nathan Fielder, and I graduated from one of Canada's top business schools with really good grades. Now, I'm using my knowledge to help struggling small business owners make it in this competitive world. This is Nathan for you. Oh, jeez. That is a good show. I mean, it's good. You start. Uh, it's it's beyond good. Is it the acting? Is it the cinematography? The storyline? None of these what, what, things. What is, <laughs> I mean, why don't you? For people who don't know what Nathan for you is. Uh, so the the premise, which doesn't sound very good, is <laughs> that um, this guy Nathan Fielder 
uh, helps businesses, uh, kind of pretend to help businesses, you know, improve something that they want to improve, but, you know, offers absurd, like, kind of mousetrap-y style ideas um, as the fixes and somehow convinces these businesses to go along with this plan and then everything kind of unfolds from there. And All real. All real. Yeah. And he... Um, he just finds a way to tell to make a story out of just like pure chaos and he's a magician like in the truest sense of the word to me he's like a, a magician i don't know how he does what he does it's in, insane yeah it's almost kaufman-esque in the in, yeah, the, in, in the idea that like <laughs> it's this charade of thinking he's helping you where the end of every episode is about he's made it about himself <laughs> whatever situation he's trying to help you out of has become about nathan which it, is the ultimate joke it's 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 it was never about helping this business it was about validating his terrible idea this you know that is that's not real that this sense of like needing of fulfillment his need yes yeah. yeah um as the best series finale of any show finding francis should have been nominated for an oscar yeah um it's incredible it's so this guy who on one episode he appears as a bill gates reenactor and this guy continues to visit nathan as the show goes on comes to the studio and finds out that this guy is like in love with this girl he dated in high school and he wants to know what happened to her so like nathan goes to alabama yeah to find francis and it's it's all real and uh it's it's captivating mm -hmm. um he just knows like he, when he f meets someone who's insane yes and will like wait to find the story and mm -hmm. he finds the story every time yes oh if he finds someone who's insane he'll like drag them with him yeah um yeah it's like to me it's almost the perfect show to define the decade <laughs> like it's it could only exist at this moment um like the sheer stupidity that's you could promise someone that you're going to fix them overnight financially is like so perfect for this moment, this decade. And Nathan knows how to manipulate it. Um, it's so uncomfortable a lot of times <laughs> that I think that's my biggest. That's what you don't like about it. It is a common complaint. Like watching, yeah. you're not the lot. first person. That is the uh, complaint. Yes, that, that it is so hard to watch what he's doing to these I people. I felt I felt that way at first, but I couldn't stop <laughs> watching, and then I, I just loved it because I thought, oh, these people, they they should. Know I think better. all. I think ultimately, what makes me feel okay is almost always whoever he's helping quickly figures out what he's doing. And they just by the end are like, okay, thanks. Like, <laughs> like okay. you did your thing. Thank you. Get out. <laughs> yes. Um, so like, I never feel like he's actually devastating anybody who's under yeah, the impression he's true. there to help. Um, I think like selfishly for me, like at the end, it's just so good. Like everything, what ha what he ends up doing is so unpredictable <laughs> and like just amazing uh that i don't really care that he it, like okay. yeah it's worth it's worth you yeah know, making a few weird people uncomfortable yeah yeah, yeah. um hmm. nathan for you if you haven't watched it uh i think it's on hulu yeah i'm pretty sure it's on hulu um i'll talk more in a second but comedy central had a heck of a decade really good decade mm. okay tell a funny story about nathan for you yeah i mean it's always about max because that's all i talk about but 
we since that has come out anytime we have people over max will get on his rant about nathan for you and how amazing it is and he always wants to show people like oh just watch one episode just it's Been always there. it is always the same episode <laughs> that i have to watch with people who have never seen Ooh, it what is it and it's always the one in the hotel room and the little kid is in the, the ship. soundproof i have to ship. watch that for the first time with like his friend and his girlfriend <laughs> who i don't know very well like it's so uncomfortable it's such a bold choice that is that is a bold choice to start with straight for i mean it's great really they put a kid in a rocket ship so he can't hear the sounds and there's like these nature sounds but it's nathan making the gorilla noises but i've seen that episode so many times and every time it's with somebody new who's never seen it and it's that is that's uncomfortable that is a bold choice i usually go with um the retail store where you to get your free tv you have to like go through like literally an alligator <laughs> to get, like a small door and but if alan dropped his prices so low to make his tvs virtually free according to best buy's own policy they would have to match that price too giving alan a short window of time where he could buy up all their inventory for one dollar and then resell those tvs for any price he wants to make a huge profit the plan use best buy's price match policy against them to get spears an endless supply of one dollar tvs um, it's a great idea. It might take a little bit of work and time to do. Okay. Do you have a lot going on right now? No, honestly don't, no. So you don't have commitments at home or anything right now, relationship stuff? I'm not in a relationship, no. I'm not in a relationship either, so no. we um, can both work on this, you sure. know, full time. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Oh boy, we, yeah, we love it. Uh, close calls? Uh, yeah, my, my real close call is Preacher, mm. um, really just nailed, like, my aesthetic, I guess, in that, like, I haven't seen that one yet. It's so great, um, based off the comic book, um, it's just, like, the main guy's this Preacher that's just, uh, kind of, like, uh, degenerate in a lot of ways, and, like, he has this girlfriend that's crazy, and they have robbed banks together and stuff, But, and his best friend's a vampire. And this all sounds, like, so wacky, but somehow it's more realistic on the show. Like, it feels mm. more real. Um, but they just hit this, like, perfect tone of, like, cartoony almost, but it, it always, like, it always stays cr grounded just enough to work, mm. I guess. Just, I don't know, it just really hits, like, a sweet spot for me. Uh, I really mm. love that. And it's really funny. Um, and Succession, of course. Uh, and the only reason I didn't give it a higher ranking is because it's only had two seasons, and I feel like it. it's possible it'll get worse. I hope it doesn't. Yeah, it but, is possible. You know, there hasn't been pretty seconds on. of it being bad. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Oh, but I'm with you, yeah, it's... It's so good, it almost feels like, how? Like, I, it's, a, it's unbelievable that it's as good as it is, and then I'm thinking, like... Yeah, what are you going to do? How do you, how do you yeah. keep it up? Yeah. But... Yeah. Melissa? Um, season two of Making a Murderer. Oh. Mm. I wow, it. really? Season two? Yeah. Oh my gosh, everybody I talked to has never seen the second season. It is gold. I was told it wasn't very good. I think it's fabulous, because the first one's about whether or not he did it, and everybody was kind of acting strange about it, but the second one is, it's a cover-up. 
It was a police cover-up. You got. I mean, you Wait, gotta watch so you it. just gave it gave away the. Well, that's what the the whole agenda of this. There's more to is. learn, I'm so, sure. Yeah. yeah. But it's fascinating. It's the attorneys involved, and she's getting all this evidence. And but you would say as a show, making her. a murder, both see like. First season was great, and then I saw the second season, so I thought I would start watching it. But it's, I thought it was way better. Cool. Yeah. I'll have to. All right, I guess I'll maybe. You should. Okay. It's crazy. I just know that they keep getting uh, denied. They do. Their appeals. And it will blow you away. Like why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> they covered it up. There's a lot of that out there. Yeah. All right, Chris. Close call? You, uh, are you still on the fence right now? You look like you're thinking. Yeah. Okay. If I had to pick one, I'm going to say the Twin Peaks mm. reboot, which feels like its own thing. Is uh, it this decade? Yeah, the reboot. I know, but Twin Peaks is a 90s uh, show. Yeah, but it's like totally different. Okay. It only has one. Well, I guess it has some. I don't know. It seems like if you have that much time in between... <laughs> okay, that's fair. 20, like 20 years. Degrassi, yeah. the next generation. Is that a, cl- a close call? Uh, that Degrassi. show's great. <laughs> so, yeah, Twin Peaks is going to be my official with, you know, close, close calls being Succession, um, Detroiters, mm. uh, yes. and the first season of True Detective. So good. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, my preference is to watch something that makes me laugh uh, if I'm just going to have something on television. And there was a lot of great comedy uh, this decade. My close official close call would be Documentary Now, mm. which is a show that is like comfort food to me. I could have it on, zoned in, or I could just have it in the background and like come to it. You don't need to have seen the doc. Like I, people I've talked to are like, eh, I haven't seen any of these documentaries. Like that does not matter at all. It's Bill Hader and Fred Armisen. I think at their best, they play off each other so well. They have a lot of like great supporting people who they come in to do this stuff. Helen Mirren's the host. Um, <laughs> it is great. It's uh yes, it's it's just this sweet spot for comedy. Um, other comedies I would give a shout out. We mentioned. Um, Last episode, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. I, I can't wait to find out like what more they do with that show. It's, I think, perfect. Uh, maybe I think the most underrated comedy show of the last decade is a show called Review on Comedy Central with um, Andy Daly, uh, where he reviews everyday things, and it's a lot like Nathan for you in the idea that like that's the premise of the show is like, what's it like to eat pancakes? Uh, and then he reviews it and gives it stars, but it's really about like his life spiraling out of control from the episode one where he's like dared to like what it, what's it like to be on drugs, which spirals into what's it like to go to prom, and then like his marriage starts falling apart, and so the whole show is about like how this man's life's falling apart, but he's so loyal to his job that he can't stop doing it. Um, I think it's just an incredible show. Kroll uh, show I think is a, a really fun one. Atlanta. Uh, Detroiters, Broad City, uh, good, Broad I mean, all, all Comedy Central uh, stuff. Um, and then I would give a shout out to, uh, of course, Succession, Fargo, which is a show that should not have worked. That was very, very good. Uh, some seasons better than others. I think number, season two is almost perfect. But uh, 
it's I'm intrigued by it. Channel Zero, which is a show I've been championing for a long time. It's a every, it's every season's in it. It's an anthology by season. Creepy, very creepy sci-fi show that's been canceled, but uh, it's on Shutter. If you want to check it out, Mine Hunter on Netflix, uh, David Fincher series, um, and finally True Detective season. <laughs> but I also should say, uh, <laughs> I should also say season three is very good. I feel like yeah. people oh, yeah. stop at season one because two is like such a letdown, but three. Mahershala Ali is so incredible in yeah. season three that it should not just go unnoticed. I'll give it a try. Yeah. I thought for a second it might be as good. There are it's moments close. where I'm like, it there might are, be. There are moments. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, any Fergusons? Yeah. Actually, my Ferguson is also Game of Thrones. Oh. Uh. Twist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was. It really was quite a letdown when it started coming down, um, and even though it was as good as any most things on TV at the time, um, it was just such a disappointing fall. Like it, it's almost unbelievable to have so many, have so many great seasons and let that fall apart at that point. And I get it, because, like, the book material was probably the main reason, but it was just just uh, the big disappointment, as far as TV shows go. I feel like you've had to come around to this, because I feel like you were kind of defending it for a while. I think it... I think I would defend it, like, against the, like, hardcore, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. The okay. crowd, you yeah. know. Um, but... It was definitely weak. Yeah. It just seemed like needlessly weak too. It just he, seems like it. It was. It was just so weird to go from such like amazingly like um, play, amazingly worked out writing to just so messy. It was just like it's, such yeah, a big right shift. Word. It was crazy. Yeah, it was just totally a mess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I appreciate the uh, fair and balanced take there. Melissa? Yeah. Hmm. You talked about this last week, and it's the masked singer. <laughs> yes. It's the worst. Max is hooked. He, <laughs> Fast yeah, forwarding right to those that, endings. He's the one that had that on. And I had to sit through a few episodes of it. I just, the whole thing was frustrating. Fast forwarding through the end to see who the singer is. That and is yeah, like I don't even like. I don't, a comedy. I don't watch sports. I don't know who. I didn't even know who these people were. So I'm watching it. And I'm like, who the hell is it? I don't even know what. So terrible. <laughs> uh, Chris Ferguson. I'm going to uh, Young Sheldon. Mm. I just don't like to feel like I want to punch a kid in the face. <laughs> <laughs> unpleasant. <laughs> I had two. Young Sheldon was one. Oh, okay. Oh. Just, uh, they have something in common. Young Sheldon and the Connors, which was the oh. Roseanne spinoff, and it's this idea of not letting something die. Like, something that was fine enough as it is. I didn't like Big Bang Theory, but it's okay not to do Young Sheldon, which has nothing in common with the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Doesn't need to exist for any reason at all. And then same thing with Roseanne. Like, okay, so Roseanne lost her mind. You tried it. Bad timing. You had to get her off the show. 
the Connors doesn't need to exist. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like it was probably kept on for all the people, all the other people working on it. Well, then, them's the breaks. Yeah. It I just mean, doesn't need to be there. It's probably like, throw him a bone a couple seasons. <laughs> throw <laughs> John Goodman a bone. Yeah. Well, John Goodman, <laughs> notwithstanding. Yeah. Um, I, man, I wish I would have watched those seasons to mm-hmm. talk about it right now. I just... I didn't see much of it, but it's just like... Yeah. The taste of my mouth. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a couple of our TV, uh, a couple of our listeners' favorite TV shows of the decade. Lauren said Game of Thrones. Uh, Justin said Stranger Things. No oh. mention, oh, but yeah, uh, pretty influential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben said Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. Allie Pretty mentions good. Breaking Bad. Marley says Catfish, which, whew, that show just makes me want to like crawl in a hole. <laughs> I. It's easy to binge watch though. You think so? I the first few seasons, I no, uh, it's now it's just I, trash. I but well, but it's just the whole concept. It's just... I, I know, it's so bad. It's... Shannon, Shannon says Outlander. Bob says The Americans, which I know is a very mm. popular show. I haven't caught. Abel says Got to be Game of Thrones. Uh, Michelangelo Jones says Arrow. So uh, a couple of votes there. Uh, Melissa, where do you where do you want to go next? Uh, let's do video game. Uh, I picked Mario Mario Kart 8. Um, I've played very few new video games over this decade. I've really fallen off, but I love every new Mario Kart that comes out. And so this good. was great. <laughs> As usual. Mm-hmm. Is that the Switch? It. Yeah. And play it. Oh, it's good. Oh, excuse me. There's a Switch version and a uh, Wii U version. It's like ah. the same-ish oh, yeah. game. Gotcha. Uh, mine was Sims 4. Ooh. I'm a Sims freak since the beginning. <laughs> since the beginning. And I just I can't get a enough. Sims freak. I really am. In college, I skipped two days of class just to sit in my bed when The Sims 2 came out. Whoa. And wow. I got carpal tunnel. I had to go see a physical therapist. Wow. My mom thought I threw my arm out playing softball, but that was a lie. <laughs> it was because I spent two days in bed, like, with my arm up on the bed and, uh, like, moving my arm around. I got carpal tunnel. I couldn't move my arm. It was really bad. I got scared. I'm imagining Sims for 48 hours. I'm imagining Melissa on her computer with a Casper and Ninja Turtles poster (laughs) on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wow. Okay. I haven't, you know, I, Sims has always fascinated me. And, but I've never, I've only watched people play it. I've yeah. never played Is it interactive now? Like, can you play with people online? No. no? And that's never interested me. Okay. I think it depends on my mood. That's what's fun about it is I, like, might want to start a family from beginning to end and, like, see that baby have its own children. Like, it's just kind of, how I don't long, know, something how long does that it's take? very, like, fulfilling. <laughs> well, you can speed up or slow it down, but oh. it could take days, <laughs> like, if, if you're playing for a very what's long, the long time. Could you do real time? Like... Could you just um, let it sit there? <laughs> kind of. I mean, their birthdays, like, yeah. every second is a minute in, oh. like, Sims time. Okay. So, after, I mean, and you can choose their lifespan, like, whether it takes, you know, on so many Sims days or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Build houses. Build your own world. Build your is own Ma- people. Is Max into it? Um, 
Max does like it. He would always say, like, oh, make us. You should make us. But I think it was so he could play his Xbox. And I would be preoccupied for the rest of the night. He'd be like, oh, you should play The Sims. Like, I would come home and he'd have the laptop out. And he'd be like, here, look. Here's your laptop. Like, oh, my gosh. This is like, <laughs> are you afraid of the dark? Like, it's true, though. I respect the hustle there. He'd be like, oh, look, at, well, do you want me to get you a blanket? Like, <laughs> it's true. But uh, that was a big part of, like, when we first got married was just, he'd play Xbox and I'd play Sims and it would be hours, upon, like, our entire weekend from morning to night. Oh, I miss that. We should do that again sometimes. <laughs> Maybe after the holidays. Uh, Chris, uh, uh, favorite video game? Abstain. Is there close calls? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we not have the this decade? Time. The decade? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know any video. I don't think I've played a single. What about video an game. app? Yeah, like I thought Candy about that. Crush or... I don't even like have apps. Fruit Ninja. I have lots of apps, but I don't have any game apps. Okay. Fruit Ninja. Yeah. No. Oh, I got one. Um, I I used to like that one, where you're the whale, and you go and you're like um flying in the sky. Mm. You know? I don't know. No. I don't remember what it's called. Oh. Temple Temple Run. The, I I did like Temple Run too. Okay, so um, okay, it's coming back to me. Right. <laughs> the whale one. But. Whale one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I went with I don't know I don't know when it w- was created. Just some version of Minecraft. I've uh, come to like it through indirect means. Um, I enjoy oh, come to like it through indirect <laughs> means. <laughs> I uh, I enjoy it's it's kind of meditative. Just building something from like the ground up it feels satisfying and you can collaborate with people so i like minecraft it's uh i get it okay i get it <laughs> <laughs> i have nothing else what uh other video game stuff uh super mario 3d world it's pretty good i mm. thought okay oh you know what was really else good uh cuphead yes cuphead oh, yeah, cool. Cuphead. very cool yeah. um do you want to know the top selling game of the decade uh, Call of Duty. You can take a guess. No. Grand Theft Auto. No. I'll give you the clue that we've mentioned it. Oh, Mario Kart. No. Candy Crush. No. Minecraft. Yep. No. <laughs> is it, Minecraft? I think is like in top all time now. Yeah. Like close to. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um. Oh, cool. Do you have any Fergusons? Anything like that? No. No. Anybody? Um, I do. Well, my no. close call was Overcooked. Has anyone played that? No. It's really fun. But you're you and a partner, and can you guess who my partner was when I play? Max. It was Max. <laughs> so Max and I would play Overcooked, and you're each a cook, and it, I don't know, you just have to make, like, burgers and all sorts of stuff, and one of you has to be, like, at the, at the stove. It's very entertaining to watch anybody play because you're just kind of yelling at each other the whole time, like, get to the stove! You, stay by the stove! Don't come over here! Like, you're just screaming at each other because you you want to get to the next level, and then, you know, the levels change, and they're more difficult, and, hmm. you know. It's cool. very fun. It doesn't it does sound, sound like great, hmm. but it's very addicting. No, it sounds mm-hmm. like it could be. Yeah, yeah it's a good, like, uh, relationship builder. Hmm. Sort of, sometimes. Teamwork. Cool. But my least favorite is Stardew Valley, which hmm. is... <clears throat> a game Max played that I couldn't stand watching. What's it called? Stardew Valley. Stardew? Yeah. It reminded me of, um... What am I thinking of? Like, the NES... Is it Link? 
or Zelda. Zelda. You know when he's like walking through and everything's blocked out and it's just like these little trails and he can only like that is the whole game is like the in-between stuff of Zelda. Max, Max is shaking his head now. It's awful like you can't run and you have to walk through this entire farming town and it takes like 10 minutes to get from one spot to the other and you're just walking. You're just walking the whole time. It's... Uh... Max do you want to defend this game? Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. Uh, <laughs> so you are a young man. It's it's all uh, like eight bit graphics or sixteen bit, so it's like mm. that. Super yeah. Nintendo. But you're this young man, and you inherit this farm from your grandfather, and um, you just cultivate crops, and you can just uh, you live in a town, and you can build relationships with the townspeople, and you can get married, and uh, it's just. It's like an adventure game. Like an Oregon Trail type Almost, thing? yeah, kind of. Huh. Yeah. Sounds like but you are sick. that, but, but that no, angle yeah. the entire time. You're just like But yeah, slowly and then you, you can sell your crops and all that. And yeah, that, I like that. Sounds good. It's really relaxing. It's The music is uh, is really beautiful. And, uh, and yeah. you, there's only a certain amount of time each day. So at the end of the day, you have to go to Oh, to yeah, bed, that was annoying. And then your crops... Continue to grow each each day. Maybe that's what I didn't like about it too. Is that you like I'm used to The Sims, and you can speed that up, slow it down. I don't know. There's no speed. In I'm not used to Stardew restrictions, Valley. and that game has a lot of them compared to what I'm used to. Okay, makes so. you think a little bit more than The Sims. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thinking man, <laughs> right? Yeah, you have to think about. Yeah. Okay. Please. You know, I think I do have a close call. Which would be a Super Mario Maker. Oh, yeah. That's kind of cool. fun. Make your own Mario levels. Um, What's that on? Uh, Wii U oh. is what I've played it on. Never heard of it. Um, some listeners' favorite games Resident Evil 7. Uh, that's from Ryan. Michelangelo Jones says Injustice Series. Hmm. What do you want to do, Chris? Uh, let's do books. Books. Uh, I picked kind of a weird one here. I went with The Secret History of Twin Peaks. Mm. Um, it's written by Mark Frost. And it's like a weird, like, dossier-style novel. But there's like a lot of like little notes, um, like, written in and just like uh, little side things like on the sides of each chapter and stuff. And um, there's just so much information, and it all, like, weaves together in such a way that it's just, like, really complicated and really, I think, impressive for what it is. Like, I just don't think it gets the, like, acknowledgement that it deserves, kind of. Yeah, I've never even considered it. And I'm a I'm a real Twin Peaks head. It's really cool. I gotta, I gotta check it out. Yeah. Top of my list. Cool. Um, I don't read too often, and if I do read, I'm usually reading something that's a little older than the mm. decade. But if I am reading something within the decade, it is uh, like a celebrity memoir usually. So probably the best one I probably read was um, Tina Fey's. Hmm. It was bossy pants. Yeah, I've heard good good things about that book. Mm -hmm. It's really good. But I think the first real change in women's body image came when J-Lo turned it butt style. 
That was the first time that having a large-scale situation in the back was part of mainstream American beauty. Girls wanted butts now. Men were free to admit that they had always enjoyed them. And then, what felt like moments later, boom, Beyonce brought the leg meat. A back porch and thick muscular legs were now widely admired. And from that day forward, women embraced their diversity and realized that all shapes and sizes are beautiful. <laughs> no, no, I'm totally messing with you. All Beyonce and J-Lo have done is add to the laundry list of attributes women must have to qualify as beautiful. Now, every girl is expected to have Caucasian blue eyes, full Spanish lips, a classic button nose, hairless Asian skin with a California tan, a Jamaican dance hall ass, long Swedish legs, small Japanese feet, the abs of a lesbian gym owner, the hips of a nine-year-old boy, the arms of Michelle Obama, and doll tits. Great book. Cool. Nice. Tina Fey's great. Mm-hmm. She's very funny, smart, bossy. She wears pants. Mm-hmm. That's Tina Fey. Mm-hmm. Cool. Chris? Uh, I kind of broke it down by category, but I'll just pick, I'll do that as my close calls. Um, oh, my gosh. I, I, won't, I won't even say anything about them. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with Nathan Hill, The Knicks. It's like a, it's really long. Um, it's like 600 pages, but it flew by, and I'm not a fast reader. Um, uh, I, I was reading book reviews of it today. Uh, and one review called it The Love Child of Thomas Pynchon and David Foster Wallace, and that feels hmm. kind of right to me. It's really readable. It's really weird. What's it about? Um, it's about like a it's about like a a failed college professor and all these weird things that continue keep happening to him. And it's uh, it's like a whole universe. You just kind of get a, like a whole this person's whole kind of universe, and it's really weird. Um, Kind of hard to describe, but read a synopsis of it because it'll do a better job than, than than I could describing it. But I just loved every second of it. It's the only mm. book from this decade that, like, every page I loved. Mm. Cool. Uh, I went with um, a book called Destiny of the Republic by Candace Millard. It's a book about the assassination of James Garfield, President <laughs> James Garfield. Uh, it's a fascinating read. Uh, it's not only about the actual assassination of Garfield, it's about the guy who killed him, Charles Gateau, of just kind of like how he was like mentally insane long before he killed Garfield, like has the history of like living with like a commune in New York and even the commune kicked him out and uh, like these near death experiences he experienced. And it's also about after the assassination of like Alexander Graham Bell being hired to invent something to find the bullet in Garfield, and which is when the ex, uh, the metal detector was invented wow. by Graham Bell to find the bullet in Garfield. So it's about these three stories of like Garfield dying, Gateau, and like his history of like mental illness, and Graham Bell working under like the constraints of the president's life might depend on you creating this thing. That sounds awesome. Um, yeah. It's an incredible incredible book um she's a really talented uh writer if you're a fan of history candace millard um so that's my favorite nice. oh. is she your favorite um like whatever that kind of it's not pop history but it's like written uh to be on the there is someone list. on the pop history side i like better but she's the best as far as just a narrative like telling a weaving 
weaving serious history. Like she writes in a style that I think is very accessible to someone who wouldn't care otherwise. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that's really hard to do. Yeah, she's uh, she has one on um, Teddy Roosevelt called "The River of Doubt," which is very popular. It's about Roosevelt's post presidency, where he pretty much decides he wants to be one of the first Americans to explore the Amazon, and like how he pretty much uses his power through the Smithsonian to like construct a team that will bring him through the Amazon, <laughs> which he does. Which is true. Well, um, my close call is The Lives of Tao by Wesley Chu. Um, it's a science fiction novel. It's about these ancient, um, like, person, like, beings, kind of, like, uh, souls almost, that, like, simultaneously inhabit other people. And so it's like the main character's got this other thing, like, with him, kind of taking him through this, like, action-y story. Um, just really weird and interesting. Hmm. A fun one. What's it called? The Lives of Tao. Okay. Cool. Melissa, close call. Um, the only other memoir I read was Amy Poehler's. Oh. Uh, yes, Please. Cool. Not Another quite as good, one. though. <laughs> Not quite as good. Almost the same, but not quite as good. Do you good. prefer one over the yeah, other? that's a good question. Um, both? No, like, you mean? as a comedian. Um, I don't know. I feel like Amy, Amy Poehler's out there more as a comedian than mm. Tina Fey is. Yeah. And Tina Fey does a lot more, I feel like, acting, like, real acting. Yeah. So, I guess I'd say Tina Fey. But yeah. I don't know. As a comedian, I like Amy Poehler better. Close call, Chris. All right, I'll calls? Go um, so my close call novel is called um, Spurious by this guy called Lars Eyer. It's a short kind of weird conversation between two dudes, and it's really funny and weird. Um, nonfiction, I really like that book, How to Change Your Mind, about the science of psychedelics by Michael Pollan. Uh, short story book, uh, Atessa Mosfeg, Homesick for Another World. Just hmm. really inventive, weird stories, kind of George Saunders-y, but like if George Saunders was like a young woman. Um, poetry book, Claudia Rankine, Citizen. Just really cool, very timely, uh, impactful kind of prose poems. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Wow. Uh, my favorite pop history. My favorite writer is a writer named Sarah Val. Oh yeah. Um, book is called Lafayette in the Somewhat United States, and it's about the Marquis de Lafayette coming. To, it's his story of going from being a French teenage boy to wanting to come to the U.S. to help in the revolution, and how he became kind of like the first mega international celebrity in the U.S. Like he'd come here, and like flocks of people would follow him around, and. But she's a comedic writer, so everything her stories weave her own personal life into it pretty much nonstop. Like it's it's about Lafayette, but it's also about Saraval. Um, and she has many. She my one of my favorite books ever, Assassination Vacation. Um, she's just a really funny writer. Um, and then also there's a book uh, by a guy named Kevin Blyer called Me the People, and it's a very funny. Uh, it's a informational text on each article and section of the Constitution. In the history behind each article and section, uh, he was a writer for the Daily Show during the John Stewart years, wow. uh, and uh, it's same thing. I mean, he works himself into it a lot. 
um, but it's really like if you want to know why the Constitution is set up the way it is, it's the best thing I've read. Is it funny? It's very funny. Oh, cool. Uh, you're free to borrow it if you like. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> uh, Ferguson books? I couldn't imagine. No. I'd... Who would have the heart? For... Speaking of heart, <laughs> <laughs> there's a book called I Can't Make This Up Life Lessons, written by Kevin Hart. Oh my uh, god. This is relentless. This is You're gonna get sued for libel. <laughs> I imagine it's terrible. Just not a fan of his work. I, I can see that. Yeah. I'm uh, protesting. Uh listeners' favorite uh books. Um Ben said Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Uh. Allie said Survival Math by Mitchell S. Jackson. Uh she also said Indentured by Joe Nakara. Uh, Marley said, Tie Between Fault and Our Stars and The Hate You Give. Michelangelo Jones says, TMT slash Batman. Um, so, a couple things there. Uh, any guesses for supposedly the best-selling book of the decade? I'm sure mm. it sucks. Uh, <laughs> I haven't read it, but... Uh, the, Have... fault, the Fault in Our Stars? No. Yeah, this was going to guess. Have we talked about it? Dumber sounding than that. The Hate You sure. Give? No. I mean, uh, those Twilight. Are Is it one of the Twilight books? No. Even that seems to me like a little bit more legitimate. I'm it's... not going to get it. Oh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yep. Oh. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Never read them. No, Boy. neither have I. All right. Uh, do you want to talk about podcasts? Sure. Uh, my favorite podcast of the decade Big is called yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, called Pure Cinema Podcast. Ah. Um, it's just like these guys talking about a lot of really like popular, really good but like obscure movies. A lot yeah. of stuff that like I've never heard of and that I'll only hear hear of through them, oh, and then cool. go find it after that. And they just like are super knowledgeable, like, mm. in seemingly every genre. Uh, so they really, like, go down the rabbit hole on these. And uh, I just like to hear about these movies that I've never heard of before. Yeah. So, that's cool. Sounds awesome. Mine is the A24 podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, it's really good. They interview all sorts of people, directors, cinematographers, writers. Yeah. Yeah. Really enjoyable. That was a good one. Yeah. A24 is on fire. Oh, yeah. Had a great year at the mm -hmm. movies. Great decade. Yep. Blew up. Yeah. Uh, my pick for favorite podcast is Town or S-Town. Mm. Oh, yeah. That was good. Um, anyway, I only learned about all this because years ago, an antique clock restorer contacted me, John B. McLemore, and asked me to help him solve a murder. happened. Something has absolutely happened in this town. There's just too much little crap for something not to have happened. And I'm about had enough of shit town and the things that goes on. From Serial and This American Life, I'm Brian Reed. This is John B. McLemore lives in Town, Alabama. 
That's the subject line that catches my eye one day in late 2012 while I'm reading through emails that have come into our radio show, This American Life. Just, like, affected me so much that I bought a t-shirt. Um, I've listened to it, like, six times. Uh, that's one of my, like, show people things. Like, I've... Your t-shirt? No, I've, well, it's my travel t-shirt. Every time I go somewhere cool, I always take that with me. I just never felt more, like, connected to, like, a, a person that I've never met. Um... Mm. Just so interested in that in that dude, John B. Mecklemore. Um and just it's it it had me, you know, fully invested from the first moment to the last moment. And it gets just weirder and weirder, unfolds. Um I don't know, I don't I don't know how to kind of describe it, but uh check it out. It's it's pretty short and I can't imagine anyone not liking it. It was great. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It is fascinating how, like, uh, intelligent that guy is while simultaneously being in this, like, situation. Like, right. just this, like, nowhere kind of place, it yeah. seems like. He's and, a tragic figure. Yeah. Like, because he's super intelligent, but he's also an idiot. Like, he <laughs> he, he makes, he's making his life yeah, miserable he has, like, out of his like, own choices. S- yeah, like almost like uh, obsessive tendencies that he lets take more control over his life than maybe is best. I don't know. But I mean, I think what really makes it—I mean, it's one of my favorite like pieces of any media that I like. I've come to believe that I think that he like set the whole thing up. I think that he hmm. knew exactly I mean, what he that, was doing. That would be—it would make sense to me. It would be believable and really crazy like that, that i mean this like, was his way crazy of... uh genius in a way you know yeah. uh well i had like two categories here uh because the one premiered like the last month of 2009 mm. and it's the one i listened to the most which is comedy bang bang which is a tricky feat because it's improv through podcasts which sounds like a nightmare but uh, Scott Ackerman's a great host. They have kind of like celebrity figure on, and then they have these just great improvisers who just are, I don't know. It's, it, it's just right down my alley of uh, comedy and uh, easy listening just yeah. to have on the background. So now, Victor and Tiny. Uh, okay. Tiny, you were telling us about Victor's podcast that uh, yeah. you're, you're looking for a home. You have one episode we recorded. We have one episode. I think it's I think it's great. It's probably the best podcast. <laughs> this is a dentist who <laughs> this is a dentist who lives in an apartment complex. All right, let's hear this clip. That's it. Yeah. Uh, enter your Cody. Cody, we have this clip. Here we go. And this is Victor. And do you have a name for this podcast yet? Or the, it's called the Victor Podcast. The Victor Podcast. Well, that'll be easy to remember. All right, here we go. Oh, hello, and welcome to Talking on a Podcast with Victor Diamond. Boy, oh boy, can you believe how hard it has been lately? Hold on, let's pause it one second. Is oh. that coming from us? Is that uh, Engineer Cody Cody? Is that you? Is that, is that are, are we having oh, faulty oh, no, equipment okay. failure? What is going on right um, now? There's a little buzz. Little yeah, buzz? That was pretty loud. It's the loudest thing we could hear. What you is sh- this, Toy you, Story? You should have heard it before. With a little buzz? What is this? <laughs> Toy Story? <laughs> Toy Story has a lot of buzz. 
What is this? Uh, yeah, but he's tiny. Yeah. I, yeah. I, no, he's tiny. Oh, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Hey, this is like one of right. you guys' skits. Yeah. What is this? No, uh, there, there is a uh, An Oscar forecast? There's a slight, they call it a 60 cycle hum, I'm told. But that, and they got rid of a lot of it. So okay. there's a there's a little residual it's buzz. almost all I can hear. All right. Okay. okay. Oh, you, you, Let's just you, keep just, going. You just right, pay we'll power through it. We'll okay. power through it. Yeah. We'll power through yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Here we go. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Let's. Uh, I sometimes can't believe how hard it gets. Luckily, um, though, but my official, since that doesn't technically fit our criteria, would be S Town as well. Um, or down here that it feels like listening to a classic novel being written in right, real time. Mm, totally. uh, a story that finds the podcaster despite being written in advance by John McLemore. And rather than reveling or uh, exploiting others' tragedy, like a lot of true crime stuff does, uh, this show is like simply observing it yeah. as om- as almost invited guests. Like John has set this up for them to like stumble upon this thing. Um, it's very short, right? It's only six episodes. Think, Seven. I think it's eight. Oh, eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Still, for a podcast, yeah. very. It's it's. Um, it's incredible. I, I know that for a while they were considering making a movie or something, um, but uh, the podcast is what you should check out. That's cool. Yeah. I think that's NPR. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, close call? Yeah, uh, my close call is the Brett Easton Ellis podcast. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, really good, but it's like really sporadic and he hasn't done one it seems like for a while now um but he's had just like really good guests on um just really like long in-depth conversations uh with all different types of people like quentin tarantino was one of my more interesting ones um but just really good i just wish he would have uh, kept up with it Mm -hmm. maybe you will still i don't know My close call is How to Be Amazing with Michael Ian Black. Mm. Um, I like him a lot. And yeah. I don't know. He interviews really interesting people and he asks really good questions, not um, kind of the same boring questions everybody else would ask. Yeah. Michael Ian Black's great. Mm-hmm. Very funny. Yeah. It's kind of amazing how how long people have sucked at interviewing. I feel like there's a lot of, like, <laughs> stuff right now where people have, like, figured out how to interview people by, like, actually asking interesting questions and being engaged. I feel like there's a lot of that now and just, like, didn't cross people's mind for a long time. Right. Um, uh, my close call is Radiolab. Uh, there are, like, a few episodes. There's so many episodes of it, but they're, like, you know, a handful that I think that, like, I'll make people listen to because I think that they're so weird and cool yeah nice i can't say i've i don't know if i've listened or not um i feel like i know of it they're like it's like two dudes um who are really interesting kind of like interested in like weird scientific kind of phenomenon Mm. story but they're storytellers and um they like turn these like weird things into into stories Um, cool they and they're you would love it because it's i feel like the best edited, like, it, the editing on it is is um, really interesting. Um, I feel like it's, like, kind of cutting edge when it started in the way that they, ed- like, edited these stories. No, oh, cool. Radiolab. Um, I got two here. Twilight Pwn, which is uh, 
if you're not a Twilight Zone fan, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> it's, it's just an episode review of every Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> but a lot of the stuff we do on this podcast here is borrowed uh, bios and trivia. Um, I don't know. I don't know ratings. I mean, take it, it to the max. Is that yeah, right? take it <laughs> to the max. Um, Beloved segment. They do have um, a, a mystery science theater connection to every Twilight Zone episode. They find like someone who's either in the crew or in the uh, cast that was also like part of a science hmm. mis- mystery science theater. I, it, they're very funny. They're like lifelong friends, John and Fred, and um, they do a great job of dissecting uh, what works about the Twilight Zones and what doesn't. So I feel like they, that was my impetus to be like, oh, I think we could talk about this and be reasonably entertaining. Um, but that podcast is very good. And uh, But I'd say outside of that, um, How Did This Get Made, which is a very, very funny podcast with Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, um, June Diane Rayfield, where they watch bad movies and they talk about those bad movies. And the best episodes are when they're doing them live in front of an audience and the audience participates and um, it's a very funny podcast. Yeah. Podcasts are great. They are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have a Fergus and I wouldn't dare to, no. um, it's coming out of a podcast. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't look it up. Any one where he's been interviewed. <laughs> I did pick one though. Um, I did my favorite murderer. Everybody loves that. Isn't mm. that, that's one with the two women. Yeah. I think they're too chatty. I, I don't know. And I don't, I don't like when I feel like it is being exploited, like mm-hmm. it is something awful, and I, something about that rubbed me the wrong way. Where you're like laughing about yeah, someone like, I didn't, getting murdered. Yeah, I found it pretty, um, I don't know, disturbing, and yeah. I didn't like it. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, well, some of our listeners have chimed in. Uh, Justin says Big Orange Couch. Oh. Kenny says Big Orange Couch. <laughs> Allie says Serial by NPR, oh. which is probably the most famous of the decade if not wtf zero yeah i think serial yeah i mean that kind of launched the true crime uh enthusiasm i think uh marley said big orange couch shannon said big orange couch bob said big orange couch jenny said armchair expert Hmm. i should listen to more podcasts if they're all picking big orange couch i mean it's good (laughs) well But, I mean, yeah. <laughs> check out some of the ones we've mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Antho says Big Orange Couch. Uh, Quincy says BOC, of course. Uh, Maybe and, they're just sucking it. And Rhino Lens also said us. Um, oh. Yeah, I mean, I guess we nice. asked the question. Yeah. But be we would have been okay with say. Yeah, but we would have been okay. I mean, yeah. we appreciate the love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I think we just have interesting moments or events yeah. of the decade. Um. I was pretty loose about this, so I just tried to pick something that I thought was, like, the most widespread, like, defining change, I guess, that happened during this decade. Here, at least. Um, So I went with the proliferation of smartphones. Now how our increasingly wireless world is affecting our social behavior, especially among the generation that's grown up with smartphones. William Brangham has that. 
The promise of social media, as the name implies, is that it connects us to each other, helps us become more social. But according to a recent story in The Atlantic magazine, an increasing body of evidence shows that for many teenagers, greater use of social media means a far greater sense of isolation. According to the piece, teenagers now spend less time in the company of their friends, they date less, have less sex, and get less sleep than earlier generations. And with this growing isolation comes a rise in cyberbullying, feelings of being left out, and higher rates of depression and suicide. The piece is called, Has the Smartphone Destroyed a Generation? Just, and I don't even think it like affects me personally quite as much, but it just seems to have uh, changed a lot of people's lives. I don't know, the way they live and like the way they operate in their everyday life. Um, so I think, uh, I don't know, I just couldn't think of anything else that like kind of just has its tentacles in every aspect of the decade. Would you lean more towards a positive or Ferguson? Uh, yeah, I mean, this wasn't too... Su- For me, it's positive. Yeah, okay. It's like, I, you know, don't have a problem with it, but I can see how yeah. people have issues with... But it's uh, just changed everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. What about you, Melissa? Well, I did go with something sort of personal. And in 2017, I married the love of my life. His name's Max. (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, Well, that's very sweet. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That's nice. No, that's nice. I, uh... Maximus's wedding? (laughs) That that was a close call. Were you invited? No. Mm. Um, I don't really know. I had never met Max yeah, at the time, and I hadn't yeah. seen you in like eight years. So <laughs> I, I understand. Yeah, um, I'm. My moment is the uh, blue or gold dress. Oh yeah. Um, um, the great debate over the color quickly turned a shade ugly. I've had arguments about the dress, and then I've had arguments about why. We care about this. The real dress created by designer Michelle Bastock out of London is actually black and blue. The dress dispute went viral after a woman posted a picture of it online asking people to chime in on the colors, and they did. At its peak, the hashtag, the dress, what color is it, was tweeted out more than 11,000 times per minute Thursday night. By this evening, it reached a total of 11 million tweets. Which sounds silly at first, but I feel like it, like, really, it was kind of poignant to me that, like, I realized fully um, that no matter what, someone is going to think that something that is not true is true. Like, everything, everything is on the table. Like, Mm. every truth, everything is true and false and, um, you know... Culturally speaking, you know, of course, there are things that are provable, factual, like there is a real color to that dress. I don't know which it was. Blue. Blue. Okay. Okay. Um, but that it didn't, it doesn't matter what color the dress right. is anymore. Like it doesn't matter what the actual thing is anymore. Um, and thinking about like these like weird, like uh, deep fake videos, like that kind of yeah. stuff. Like yeah. it just inaugurated that idea in my head. Where it's like, oh, like, that's not a metaphor. It's not like, what Stephen Colbert talks about truthiness, that's not like a joke anymore. Like, that's just how things are. 
Um, yeah. yeah, it's not a joke. You're right. That's good. Profound. That's Very good. thoughtful. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, that has me thinking about memes. I will. I, let me give a quick shout out to my favorite meme, which is the I was little. Wondering if that could be a category. Which is the little boy running with a knife. And the mom telling him to stop, and he says no. I don't even know uh, what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear it. And let me see what you have. No! no! Oh <laughs> <laughs> it is perfect. The no is really what tells it. No! <laughs> so that's my favorite meme. Um, I went, you know, I kind of went selfish here. Uh, let me just say, this decade was. A lot of a lot of great years. Like I, I visited a lot of places I loved. Got to see America. I think that was my favorite thing about the decade. Mm. Personally, I got to see the decade with people I love and friends, and uh, that felt great. Um, we have an incredible country. Uh, selfishly, I'm gonna go with the 2016 championship of the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> I knew that um, puts up a three won't go rebound tip taken by Spades final seconds it's over it's over Cleveland is a city of champions once again the Cavaliers are NBA champions Cleveland's long sports nightmare has ended the drought is over 52 years time to celebrate a title And the emotions for LeBron James, who delivers on his promise to come home and bring a championship to his beloved hometown. A moment of pure joy. <clears throat> Got to go downtown and feel the energy of a city that was happy. <laughs> I mean, that's like it's a it's a thing. Like the first to, time to feel to feel an entire city just like so. Like I, I we dro we drove downtown like. It was, whatever, 11.30 or something p.m., and people beeping, people on their lawns. Just uh, uh, something I'll remember for a long time. Not just because I'm a sports Cleveland sports fan, but it was like just a unique feeling in a city. Um, so that was good. But I, it's somewhere between those two of like getting to see America and um, that very niche thing that was fun for me, I guess. Okay. I mean, they beat the 73-win Warriors, best regular season team in history, down 3-1. No team has ever come back from that. It's uh, the most improbable. Yeah. It's an incredible story. Thing to to happen in sports, maybe ever. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Maybe ever. Yeah, maybe. Bold. That team was just <laughs> incredible. Um, I'll stick with seeing America. I, I, that feels better than the Cavs championship. So that's your... Is that going to be your close call? Or? I guess the Cavs championship is going to be my close official close call and getting to see the country. Okay. Very good. I mean, I still got more parts. I haven't been to Alaska. Got to see Hawaii. That was great. But uh, hmm. Chris, Chris has been all over the place, so I've gotten to knock off a couple states because of that. It's been great. Thanks. New Mexico next. Yeah, they're going to yep. love it. You're gonna love it. I heard the air there is the like air. no other. The air, boy. The spas. Mm. Oof. You're gonna love the air. <laughs> you don't like the way you look. <laughs> Guarantee it. <laughs> Can we use that line? <laughs> Can
Can you just utter, I like the way you, you're going to like the way you look, I guarantee it, without like getting sued? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Alright, close calls. Um, again, I just picked the defining moment, um, so I picked the 2016 presidential election. This means that Donald Trump will be the 45th president of the United States, winning the most unreal, surreal <laughs> election we have ever seen. This candidacy starting on an escalator ride one year ago and going down against 16 Republican candidates. What started off as unlikely, impossible, is now reality. He said he was always a winner. This did not come without controversy. The billionaire, entrepreneur, TV reality star has defeated the candidate once figured to be undefeatable. Besting Secretary of State Hillary Clinton in an electoral college victory that virtually no one saw coming a year ago. He's kind of yeah. really, really... Uh... I don't know. It's like, still can't get past it. It's, it is, for America, the defining. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Mine was uh, Hulu Live. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. I never really had cable after college. I didn't want to pay for it. So when Hulu Live came out, that was awesome. Hmm. I loved it. Yeah. I don't even know what it is. TV through Hulu? Yeah. Uh, very good. That's, I, it? I, that's also how I watch TV. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have YouTube TV. Oh. I, I I don't know Hulu. I don't know the benefits, the virtues of either. Uh, I'm sure they're close. Each other, but man, it is. Yeah, it's great. Uh, my my close call, of course, is the uh, Cavs championship 2016. I I'm worried because I can't find my wallet. I can't remember if I brought it in or not. But I carry in my wallet the. Um, the RTA, the the train. I took the train down to watch the game, and I carried like the ticket to the train from that night uh, in my wallet. It's like a good luck charm. Um, June nineteenth, two thousand sixteen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Uh, I did note. Uh, I think a lot of positive movements in the United uh. States in this decade. We had um, Black Lives Matter, Me Too, uh, Occupy Wall Street. Um, just seemed like a lot of advancements for LBGTQ community. Uh, those are, I mean, it's easy to kind of get mired down in the politics, but uh, those are all very, very positive steps forward uh, in having those conversations rather than sweeping them away. Yeah. So that's good. Very good. Feels good. Ferguson, I couldn't imagine... There being one. You... <laughs> <laughs> um, I went broadly the spread of political extremism. As I'm yeah. That's that's a good way to water it down because as I started typing, I'm like, well, this is uh, turning into a paragraph. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, just, you know, I don't know, man. It's all just kind of crazy. This, uh, the total divisiveness, I guess, and um, just that politics has almost become, like, 
more important to people in some ways than like the reason why politics exists i guess it's like yes Mm -hmm. i don't know it's just very no good no good (laughs) you said it melissa i steered clear of politics or anything like that in my event list um but my ferguson is something that i secretly enjoyed but probably Trump. sucked for a lot of people. Trump getting elected. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fire festival. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, no, you don't have to feel bad about that. I loved it. We're going to turn now to that right. trouble for the fire music festival. Hit with a class action lawsuit from concert goers who spent thousands of dollars for what was supposed to be a luxury weekend of food, art, and music in the Bahamas. Didn't turn out quite that way. ABC's Gio Benitez in Miami with the details. Good morning, Gio. Hey, George, good morning to you. Those concert goers coming here to Miami all weekend long. The event's co-founder, Ja Rule, says it's not his fault, but that he's deeply sorry. All those self-absorbed people just getting it. (laughs) Getting it? (laughs) Just stop there, getting it. (laughs) But, like, in the bad way. I guess you could say it both ways. Oh, they got it. Yeah. Yeah. They got it served to them. Yeah. I'm not very good at, like, dissing. No. (laughs) I was good. But yeah, I can't. Ugh. It's also, I mean, there's been the two documentaries. Right. It is such a symbolic way to represent the decade. It is. In so many ways. That's where we've come, is this obsession with the self and celebrities and, and luxury. And, and convincing self that like you can be an entrepreneur who can just throw things together without having to like really worry about the details. Yeah. Oh, so and good. And Ja Rule. Right. <laughs> if you haven't seen those documentaries, that's uh, it's awesome. They're, they're quite a watch. I haven't seen them. Fire. Can you do it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, um, I guess I'm gonna go with. Well, I have two. One is uh, police brutality. You know, it's not mm-hmm. new, but um, it, we're able to capture it. Maybe the response mm-hmm. to police brutality because we know it happens we can't just pretend that it doesn't happen and we see it happen and there still aren't consequences for it and it's terrifying um and uh the the other one is fidget spinners (laughs) fidget spinners no way (laughs) bad take yeah it's like cool yeah everyone has add now and they need to (laughs) well one i don't even think they're that popular anymore no but they they had a moment. The They're like they had a mo- they had a moment. Yeah, I like them. Oh well. Well, okay. I, I the sensation of the spinning feels great. I I maybe I have the uh, I have the fidget cube. Oh. The predecessor to the fidget spinner. What's that do? Uh, it's a cube, and each face of the cube has like different little things to occupy your hands. Oh, cool. Yeah. That sounds good too. Yeah, it's better. Yeah. Fidget spinner just. Just like one of these, like how uh, I don't, I'm not gonna rant about it. I, <laughs> go on. Okay, I I don't even know what to pick from this list. I have a ton of stuff here. <laughs> I, I th- Andrew hit on it a little bit. I I mean I guess a big one here is the acceptance of a culture where there's shootings all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that feels highly dangerous. That like we're numb to it. I I think Sandy Hook was like a breaking point yeah uh where i'm not sure how we figure this out 
Um, and Facebook is the other thing that really scares me. Uh, they own, I mean, like, even if you're not on Facebook, they own Instagram and WhatsApp, and they have everything you've ever done. And eh, seems, yeah. It seems uh, like we're headed, we don't know where, we're, where it's going, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be, it's, it's used seems problematic. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, a great decade. Sure. That, that Cavs championship. <laughs> that Cavs championship. <laughs> a feel good night. <laughs> One night last <laughs> decade. <laughs> now there was great moments. There was great moments. A lot of good Olympic moments. Some good feel. Some feel good uh, stuff. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> A few uh, good meals in there. Pictures of black holes. Your guy's favorite show. Uh, whatever. Nathan, Nathan for you? No, not Nathan for you. The other one. I think you should leave. Yeah, I think you should. I can never uh, remember the title. I think I think the comedy shows that this deck is produced are hold up against anything. Mm, okay. Uh, how about um, any anything else that stands out to you from the decade? I mean, it's certainly I think like just that idea of a meme like the viral culture of like these ideas that you can become like society can become obsessed with in a matter of hours on a like micro and macro level just our kids brains rotting oh jesus i did i did i did have some um notable people we lost over the decade oh that's um a little morium here so uh prince uh, of course, Robin Williams, Nelson Mandela, David Bowie, Tom Petty, Whitney Houston, Chris Cornell, Anthony Bourdain, Mary Tyler Moore, Carrie Fisher, Bill Paxton, Joan Rivers, Burt Reynolds, George H.W. Bush, Mac Miller, Aretha Franklin, James Gandolfini, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Steve Jobs, Kate Spade, Maya Angelou, uh, Muhammad Ali, just a couple people there. Yeah. John B. McLemore. Do you want to hear from Ethan? Oh, yeah. He gives us his best of the decade. Ethan, a mm. Warriors fan. That's the team we beat in 2016 oh, when we were down 3-1. to one. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that, Chris? I do remember that. <laughs> Ethan's favorite of the decade. His favorite movie, Toy Story 3. A oh. very charming movie. His close call, Midnight in Paris. I believe that's mm. our friend Candace's favorite movie of the decade. Oh. Uh, and Ferguson, Mother. Wow. I knew I can sing. <laughs> Favorite songs My Last by Big Sean. Uh, his close call Party Rock Anthem by LMFAO. Oh. Party Rockers in the House. Tonight. Is that that song? Yeah. Oh, wow. Everybody gonna have a good time. <laughs> Got it. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. by Jeezy, he said. Uh, Marvin's Room by Drake. Oh, yeah. Some songs he likes. Uh, Ferguson, pretty much everything by Bruno Mars. Oh, mm. no, I'm sorry, Ethan. Mm, I'm not a big Bruno Mars Joey guy. Joey is, is a catchy guy. Bruno Mars acolyte. Yeah, I am not generally into music like Bruno Mars, but Bruno Mars is special. <laughs> he makes, he writes, the songs are tight. They're tight. Okay. I don't and, hate him. And he's got a great voice. Favorite album, Finally Famous by Big Sean. Close Call, Thug Motivation 103 by Jeezy. No Ferguson. Favorite TV show, The Goldbergs. Close Call, Once Upon a Time, and Ferguson, Two Broke Girls. 
He's yeah, okay. He's yeah, fi- that, that's a good Ferguson. Yeah. That is. Uh, favorite video game, po- Pokemon Go. That was a big sensation. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. That was big Swept event. the nation. That and like clowns hiding in the woods. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Wow, what a decade. <laughs> there was like three months where people like <laughs> wouldn't look out their window because they thought a clown would be in the backyard. Uh, Tell the grandkids that. <laughs> Chestnut. Close call, Skyrim. Uh, Ferguson, Halo, Halo Reach. Mm-hmm. The Halo series tried to be more like Call of Duty and lost a lot of the series' essence. Favorite book, Slimed by Matthew Klickstein. Oh, hmm. yeah, we know that one. Yeah. No close call. Ferguson, every textbook I had to read for college. Uh, so many personal events for me this decade, including my wedding and the birth of my son. Oh, close beautiful. call, warriors beginning their dynasty. Hmm. <laughs> Except, dynasty. Yeah. The only thing I think people will remember is... The fall. The Cavs winning against them when they won 73 games. Yeah. Nobody cares when Durant gets there. Yeah. Goliath. It's not even interesting. Yeah, no one no, no one cares about Goliath's story. What happened before? No. It's David. It's David. LeBron, David, James. Ethan. Thanks uh thanks again for all you guys do and can't wait for what's to come in the future. Your friend Ethan. Very nice. Thanks, Ethan. Ethan. Well, uh, I don't think uh, we have our next episode lined up, so just stay tuned. Uh, be maybe yeah. a couple weeks off, but uh, we'll we'll be back in January to warm your hearts. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can find us on Twitter at BOC Podcast, Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You can email us like Ethan did at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Podbean and iTunes. Leave a review. That's really helpful. Chris and Melissa, thanks for celebrating the decade with us. Well, that was fun. Yeah. And thank you for my scarf. Oh, good. I'm. You like your snick snack. Uh, snick snack. Thank you for my snick snack. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna put my soap on this. Snick snack. <laughs> Better. <laughs> um, immediately. It could be like a cool ashtray. Who will be the next guest to snag a snick snack? You'll have to. You'll have to tune in next year, <laughs> next decade to find out. It'll just be Maximus, I guess. Sounds good. Um. Well, thanks for sticking with us and. We'll see you in 2020. Do you have a jingle? Do I get to do this too? I, I'll have to. I'll, I'll, you have I'll, an idea? Have. Do you have an idea? No. Because oh, you didn't even know what it was called until. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Ooh, is that one of those scented uh, okay. garbage? Yeah, it's blue. I see white and gold. You don't. No way. Yeah, it's I white do not and gold. See any blue. Yeah, I'm sorry, white and gold. Yeah, I it, see blue it's now, impo- but I've definitely seen the gold. I think I've blue seen blue before. Yeah. Blue and black is the only thing I've seen. Wait, that's not, that's gold. It's, what do you see? What am I saying? Uh, yeah, it's white and gold. White and gold. White and gold. It's blue and black. It's what? And I mean, I see the blue. I've seen pictures of it where it is blue and black. I see it, this is gold. 
And that's what? Yeah.